Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. I'm Jay Late Night Larson. And I'm Lyndon Chalky Cabellion. In each episode, we will be talking to different surfers and surf shops to learn more about them and their passion for surfing. We will be diving deep into their experiences as well as their involvement and contributions to their local communities. Be sure to check out our website and Instagram feed for updates on future shows. Thank you for your support, and we look forward to sharing these great stories with you. Late night. What's up, Chalky? Do you remember Fuel TV? Dude, of course I remember Fuel TV. Fuel was epic. I know it is. But I have some exciting news. And what's up? Fuel TV is back. What? It's so sick. Yeah, back and better than ever. And they are the newest sponsors of the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Yes, I love it. Thanks, Fuel. You know what the best part is? Of course I do. You can now get Fuel a whole bunch of different ways. You can subscribe to their new app called Fuel TV Plus and get their entire library of shows like Built to Shred, Danny and the Dingo, and Drive Through, and also their 24-7 channel, all commercial free. To subscribe, just go to plus.fuel.tv and download the app. The other way you can watch is Samsung TV Plus channel 1179. That way is free and includes the better than ever fuel TV that we all know and love. Skate, snow, and our favorite... Surfing. Surfing. Wow, Lyndon, that's pretty awesome. Really pumped. Hell yeah, it is. Welcome back, Fuel. Welcome back, Fuel TV. Foo Wax. The wax that's found under all of the best surfers on the planet. You mean late night? Always under my feet. And Chalky? How do you think I pull those big airs? And layback Lars. And those laybacks. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. we're not doing the 90s again, are we? I don't do those anymore. Foo Wax, the best wax in the game. Foo Wax. Bonsai balls. They only use real Asahi, not like all those other imitators using sorbet full of sugar. Yuck. They also get their honey from a and bee pollen from a bee farm. Healthy and delicious. No processed honey. What also makes them amazing is that they roast and make their own peanut butter. Damn! They've got seven locations. And download the Bonsai Bowl app to skip the line. Skip the line. Order ahead. Bonsai Bowl, healthy, delicious. Caliente Southwest Grill. Healthy Mexican food featuring local organic ingredients. They also have great salads, vegetarian and gluten-free options. Wow. Yep. Don't they also cater and make party packs? They do. They have all your needs for all your events. Nice. Visit calientesouthwest.com. Or go to the restaurant in Costa Mesa off of 17th Street. Caliente Southwest. Ashland Hard Seltzer. Crafted in San Diego. It's an adult beverage built for all walks of life. Bro, you've had it, I've had it. It's delicious. It is so good. It's refreshing, only 100 calories, all organic, no sugar, also gluten-free with 0.0 carbs. Hashtag enjoy cold Ashland hard seltzer. There is a saying that you don't stop playing when you grow old, but rather you grow old when you stop playing. Iconic Life is an adventure-driven company that seeks to embrace life to the fullest and to never stop playing. 
Check out their natural hemp CBD products that help those that believe in that philosophy. Check out iconic.com. Spelled I-K-A-N-I-K. Again, iconic.com. Or on their Instagram at iconiclife. Pata Sushi, a new sushi place here at the Albertsons in Newland Center. Your go-to spot for grab-and-go sushi, handmade, fresh daily. You can get all your favorites or get something custom. And make sure to stop by on Fridays for the $5 special. Pata Sushi. At Albertsons in the Newland Center off of Beach and Adams. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Welcome. We're at... Salty Cruise Headquarters HQ in beautiful Newport Beach. Salty fucking crew. Salty. <laughs> One of the best new brands. It's not super new anymore, but... It's, it's new. It's and one of the industry. newest brands in our industry. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely fucking murdering the game. Excuse my language. God, you're a pouty mouth. I know, yeah. Um, but we're sitting down with one of the founders, Jared Lane, and... The pirate, the <laughs> varsity, the varsity, <laughs> Mecca, thirty years experience with a long history of kicking ass wherever he's at, Mister Tom Ruiz, Tom motherfucking gangster of the industry. He's he's the Shig Knight of our industry. <laughs> One of them, <laughs> yeah. Right? No, the, the the real Shig Knight's PM Tenori, but that's you know, true. That's a whole other. Well then, fucking. It's not um, about that guy. Though. Then Ruiz is Capone. Yeah, that's that's. <laughs> well, I like that. We're going Capone, the original gangster. Yeah, but um, thanks you guys. Yeah, um, so I really like liking that Ashland Orange Pineapple Hard Seltzer. Tasty. Pretty good? Yeah, it goes nice. good with whiskey too. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. So so yeah, we're in Newport Beach in um, Your Salty showroom. Cruz uh, HQ. It's fucking awesome. I can't believe you guys have such a bitchin' space and like, um it's pretty close to one of our favorite mai tai joints yeah i just was really what a coincidence yeah, yeah. <laughs> huh. Huh. i wonder wonder how that happened right? yeah. all right but all seriousness before uh before we get into salty crew and let's talk about how uh first let's talk about how you guys met yeah and then we'll go back or should we go back to where it all started for you guys in surfing. Well, I think uh, the surfing part brought everyone together, right? right. So, I think, you Jared, go. you should kick off, you know? Well, they kind of go hand in hand, for sure. Um, I so guess you, on the Salty Crew side of things, that's actually how I met this guy. Yeah. Because we were basically in, like, a, a tree house in a shipping container, like, <laughs> packing boxes in the dirt um, out of my father-in-law, Milo Myers' property. And that's kind of where, uh, that's where the brand started. And while we were doing that, um, things were starting to get serious. And, and it went from treehouse, one shipping container to two shipping containers, and then th- a third one. And then we got one of those like office pole trailers they put on like construction sites. So we pulled that thing next to there, loaded that up with product. So while we're, while it was basically the family, my, my wife and all the kids and all of us packing boxes in the dirt, we are um knew we needed a really bitchin sales manager director guy and uh so you didn't have my number oh what happened <laughs> you're taken <laughs> just the spirit of performance is what defines acura and now it's electric 
Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Yeah, um, Tom yeah. is the man. So that's where I heard, yeah, I heard of Tom Reese. Um, and uh, yeah, so me and Milo met with Tom and uh, kind of just, Gave him the spiel, and and uh, we met Tom at his house because we wouldn't let him come back to the the office warehouse in the in the treehouse. <laughs> you want to say yeah, we're, we're, yeah. We, we're killing it down we here. Got, you want to get on board? We've seen Yeah, so that's actually where I I met Tom, and then um, we actually didn't get him to go on the first round. Took another round after that. Mm-hmm. He had a little hiatus with the Depactus program so Depactus was in between that was the so i left uh this is now probably beginning of 14 end of 13 just left Volcom. yeah didn't know what i was gonna do maybe retire i don't know did the consulting gig but anyway milo and most of you know hair 94 great guy another entrepreneur another yes very much so Calls me, hey, he goes, I got this thing going. What are you doing? I said, yeah, I'm just fucking around. Yeah, I'm enjoying life a little bit. And, uh, yeah, he goes, I got you got to meet Jared. We hadn't met before. So wow. they come to my house. I don't know if you knew back when Salt Cruz started, like, Jared and Milo were sending out boxes all over the industry. Like, I got a box. I'm like, fuck, this is insane. You know, it was, it was cool. And then they showed so up. seeding the product. They were seeding the product. Okay. And I'm like, okay. And then... And, and to be honest, my salty crew mm, sounds maybe a little cliche before I met Jared, right? But once I heard the story about salty crew, his boat was old salty, and they were the salty crew, him and his brother. Yeah. So I'm like, ah, okay. And then, you know, looking into Jared, ripping surfer, you know, lives on the ocean, you know, the whole, of, you know. Yeah. It's way too salty. the brand. Embodies, yeah, and then salty well, fuck, was salty. more saltier than, uh, Milo himself. <laughs> Milo's pretty apt. Well, he's salty in a different way, but oh he's salty. Oh, my God. <laughs> but anyway, so, so I was, like, captivated, but fuck it. Right about the same time, I was, like, Bruce Beach, like, was going, hey, we're starting to pack this, and, you know. Yeah. Luke Egan. Luke Egan. We got all this, you know, we'll pay you, do this. And yeah. these guys are like, well, we can't pay you. And I was like, hmm, let me think about that. And you can't but see the warehouse. But it's super intriguing, and, 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 uh, you put that on about a year, exactly a year later, 
it was like to practice, you know, have to, you know, burn through their money and just, you know, full yeah. shop. Story of the tortoise and the hare about the time we met to the time I joined up, became partners with Jared. They were doing almost the exact same revenue. The difference was one brand spent a shitload of money and the other brand didn't Kept spend any. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And then they went away. Milo calls me. He says, hey, gig's still open. Can't get a hold of Linden still. <laughs> <laughs> and so I said, let's talk. And so we went around and around and around. So it was good. And it ended up working out. And I think, you know, for... Well, it's been over five years now. The first two, like they were down in El Segundo. They got their warehouse at this point. I was working out of my garage for two years. Like yeah. Doing merchandising, hiring reps, doing all that. So it was it was pretty roots. You know, I can look at my groms today and go, do you remember when dad worked out of the garage for two years? Like, yeah. You know, yeah. Hard work pays off. So, so we've been in this office now uh, two years. I used to go down and meet with these guys. I'd take the train. Well, first I used to drive down to El Cajon, which is... It's oh. the Corona of San Diego. It's, a, it's, it's the high no. Well, actually, what I learned about it and, and, like, have a new respect for it, and I didn't even know this in San Diego history, but, like, a lot of the, um, a lot of the like, hardworking, blue-collar, like, if you needed something built or fixed or anything, like, you could find it in sure. such a small radius. So yeah. I actually met some, like, yeah. But that's where cheap warehousing. But it was cheap warehousing yeah. and uh, easy in and out. Yeah. And it, yeah, and it was pretty rad because it was like Milo and Jared, Jared's wife. He had a couple little kids running around diapers. Yeah. You know, four warehouse because it was perfect. It was like where yeah. a brand should be at that point, yeah. like frugal and yeah. all that. So you saw the makings of a great American. Well. Story. Yeah, and also talking to retailers like, ooh, that brand has that magic something. Yeah, I, you can't it, like you can't, you, you can't buy. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop that the salty crew story there. Let's start. We want to get the back history of of Jared and Tom Ruiz. So Jared, how did you get into surfing? I didn't have a choice. <laughs> uh, my dad, yeah, he's just an old surf dog. Sick. And uh, yeah, we grew up like. I remember one point, me and my brother, I think we were like four and seven or something, and we wanted like, oh, we want a boogie board. Our friends have boogie boards. And my dad's Dang like, right. nope, <laughs> nope. <laughs> and, uh, my kid's not going to be a kook. We're going to get him on No, a- I just, yeah, and we didn't understand it. And so Mock 7-7, seven, seven, Grandma, I don't know. I like the purple bottom versus the yellow black bottom. I don't know. It's, but dad's like, fuck that. <laughs> Grandma went and got like some Mori boogies from like a garage sale or something and showed up at the house with them. And then they were like cut in half and used as like padding for the surfboard racks in the garage. <laughs> Like a week later, you know, so but you no. can't use these now. Yeah, it was pretty funny. No, he's he's pretty classic. Like his his story is rad too. He's kind of been in in the industry and and kind of in an early stage, and it, it was pretty different back then. And yeah. and for for him, like he he worked for Infinity um, wow. for a, a long time, and Bruce Jones, and um, they for making them, boards was, or working at the shop. Or? He worked at the shops, but then like the, <clears throat> catamaran sailing was kind of like blowing up, like with um, like Jeff Prindle and Prindle catamarans, and that kind of that group kind of all were connected and on some way through I think it was performance glass what they called it and so they were they were building they were glassing infinity surfboards and making Prindle catamarans so my dad was selling catamarans and his deal was he'd work around Orange County in the 
uh, summers and then sell everything he had and move to Hawaii in the winters and wow. lived at Sunset Beach and, and like a hole with like 15 guys or whatever. Yeah. And then, and that's I was what like, you used to do back in the day. Is Everybody like, would talk to him. I just show up. I don't know where I was going to sleep. summer and then mm-hmm. jam to Hawaii for yeah. So that era for sure. And so he did that. But for him, like the, you know, his story was, you know, that expect he, he was in Orange County. He was like Newport guy. And, um, for him, it was like, it'd blow out every day, you know, at 10 o'clock and then started sailing catamarans and that was pretty fun, you know? Hmm. So he, he was into that. He was a full waterman. Yeah. You grew up in a waterman type. And Jared, was he... Was, what was he doing for Bruce Jones at one point? Yeah, he yeah, was right I, behind I the think Russell was, shop. But. Uh, that was actually my mom and dad's first shop. Was uh, or it was behind the crab yeah, by cooker. the crab. Oh cooker. wow! Yeah, yeah. And uh, so that was their first little catamaran shop. And my mom was sewing sails at the time, like in that location too. And then, uh, and then, I mean, I'm, I'm rambling, but yeah, I think. Uh, from there, he bounced around with Infinity, Bruce Jones, um, those guys was hanging with that squad. And then through that relationship, they gave him an opportunity to open a dealership in San Diego. So um, him and my mom opened a store in like Claremont uh, in down in San Diego. And it uh, wasn't the ideal location. They could only afford to buy one catamaran and they were living <laughs> in their, their Volkswagen van behind the shop. Wow, and uh, and so they did that for a year. They buy one cat, sell sell another one, and just kind of like s- snowballed it. And he was doing really well. And at that time, like Hobie was like Dominic, you know the kind of yeah. bigger you know, and they had a lot of dealers in that area. But the Prindle sixteen versus the Hobie sixteen was more buoyant, just better butt. And my dad was frothing on it, and he said he sold the crap out of those things. And then. Um, there was actually um, a landlord like Frank Butler who had bought Prindle catamarans in that that glass shop that was associated with Infinity, and then so he offered my dad to move down to Dana Landing, and then he's been there forty some years. But that's that whole like when there's Amazing. surf, surf when it's flat. So you fish, you grew up in retail and, like in the boat. Uh, like, I'm sure you worked at an early age. What did, yeah. yeah. What did you? What were your duties yeah. there? Yeah. Uh, Clean. I remember at one point like. I'd, if I vacuumed all the carpet in the shop, I'd made like 25 cents an hour or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what, but yeah. Money you never saw. Child labor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. child labor for what did sure. Your dad, uh, Get some candy. What did your dad start you on? Longboard, single fin? Um, so I actually had my first, my first, my first surfboard, or uh, my first custom surfboard was, um, a rusty shaped by Stu Kenson. Wow. And Stu is a good buddy of my dad's through that Infinity Bruce Jones yep, and that yep. whole era or whatever. Apparently Stu was the shop grom at Infinity that my dad would like make him wash his car and stuff. So <laughs> I got grom treatment later on in life getting boards from him. But um, yeah, and it had barbed wire, like airbrush, <laughs> which is kind of trending now, that and flames. But uh, Flames are back. Yeah. <laughs> Barbed wire, I remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was actually, I take that back, it wasn't a rusty, it was an evening glass. And then, and Stu was doing evening glass back okay. then. And then after yeah. that, then it was, then he was at Rusty, shaping at Rusty's. And then I got one of Ian Rockin's old boards and it had like white lightning bolt. It was navy blue with white lightning bolts and it was a Rusty and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Um, so I got his hand-me-down. But then Stu started making us mini longboards when we were groms. 
and uh, they were like these little seven foot. But the the reason uh, we wanted them was we could fit them under our arm. Mm. Like all the other boards are too wide, but we wanted to like walk down the beach with our board under our arm, you know. So you made these little narrow well, things. They yeah. actually work pretty good. We still have them. My kids are riding them now. Um, so that was that was my you, early days. I mean, Tom, we all know you rip, but like, did you? go the contest route like early and kind of like that typical youth yeah i like did all the like in that time it was like all the san diego events yeah. like and then i'm trying to think what the other ones were is the volcom blowfish series yeah i won one of those and then uh but yeah i mean i i don't know i wasn't really contest guy because my dad's era like he's he's just turned 69 and like all his buddies which was like tim bernardi and like um, Tim Bernardi of O'Neill. Yeah, Tim Bernardi, and like that Newport he was a Newport crew. Guy okay, that's right. Yeah. Like, and then Dan Flecky from Black Flies was yeah. like one of my dad's good buddies, and like I think Dan was like more into contests, but the rest of them thought that was stupid. Lame, you know. Yeah. So like he never oh, encouraged Flecky wore us. booties with his board shorts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So the, like I don't know. He just never was. He never really encouraged that much. Like we were yeah. more like Baja surf trips and surfing for what it is you know yeah. not so much the contest scene but i was like the full frothed out grom that wanted like sponsors and you who know, was your first sponsor thing. of course free stuff um was it rusty no no it, Stu just made us boards like okay. we yeah he's um because i'm sure you got sponsored by somebody i remember when yeah. i first met you 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 were riding for reef but that was a long time ago Nah, I kind of just like whoever it was all through reps, yeah. and then they'd be like, "Oh, hey, Grom, like here's your Rep swag," club. you know. So I kind of like just whatever. Yeah, I always wanted to ride for Volcom. Never. Got oh, to, here comes never. the dirt. Here comes the <laughs> no, dirt. I'm just kidding. Talk to Jack, dude. No, like, I was <laughs> like, that's not my department. Yeah. Yeah. I was so influenced. I, I, I wanted to ride right for them. I was like, nah, keep on the team. <laughs> just no, no, I. Yeah, I mean, I had like a rip curl sticker on my board at one point, and Did then you? I went to I went to Bali and Gland with you and Boothy and that was Lockie amazing, and everybody, right? and then I had Billabong stickers on my board after that. How old were you then, or when was that? Two thousand fourteen or eleven? I think I was like nineteen or twenty. Okay. Two thousand fourteen or eleven or <laughs> one of those days. Uh, sometime in that decade. <laughs> Nice. That was a great trip too. No, it was for sure. That uh, did that you ride trip. for Milo before you met his daughter? Or you met his daughter and ride. Oh gosh, Milo? yeah, that was funny. That happened simultaneously. <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah. I was serving all the San Diego contests, and then Milo had like a team manager at the time, and the guy I like, the guy like approached me, and I was always like Claremont Surf Shop guy. And I loved like Danny O'Connell and all those yeah, guys, yeah. or Steve O. Those are. I grew up in Claremont, so. It, those are the boys. Plus, they're so rad, too. All the guys that work at the shop rip. They're the nicest dudes ever. Um, and Danny was always, like, the guy I looked up to in San Diego. Like, yeah. he's such a good surfer. I think he rode for, like, Hurley and CI at the time. And uh, I served Mission Beach with him a lot and then kind of bounced around. But so I always looked up to Danny, you know? So, like, Claremont Surf Shop, that's where we'd go. Yeah. And we'd been going there forever as a family. And uh, that's definitely, like, the shop where... You get that nostalgic feeling of like oh, you sure. walk in, yeah. surf wax. It's just like it's got the like roots vibe. Yeah. All the boards yeah. lined up, you know. Sweet rubber. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, it's got the surf horses. You know, whatever you call the racks. That, you yeah. know, like 
Yeah, Scrape totally. the boards clean. Check out the D. You know, like it's yeah. tight in there too, like stuffed with. Yeah, I love it. And they just have like they just have like the best demeanor for a surf shop. Like you, you get the experience. Yeah. You know, so family knowledgeable too. Like you yeah. said, all the guys ripped, and they all like. Yeah, you, you know, you're you're getting good yeah. service. I asked them what fins to get for what board. You know? like, <laughs> they know, like those guys know what they're talking about. You know, so I, I always respect that. But so then I was like surfing a contest or whatever, and and uh, and the guy was like, "Hey, you got any like a shop sponsor?" And I was, you know, like, "Well, I just go to Claremont Surf Shop or whatever." You know, and he's like, "Oh yeah, well we get you on the team or something," and uh, and then he told me to send him my resume which like i was like what the heck like i don't have like a surfing resume like <laughs> you watch me just like do good in that event right and then uh <laughs> and so then like a couple days later i was working at my dad's shop and i was doing like kayak demos and then it was actually um this guy came in he's an older guy and and he kind of was like shaking a little bit and he, and like had some health issues i could tell so i was like he wanted to try one of the like hobie pedal kayaks out so i took him out for like uh, test test ride or whatever and uh and he brought his son-in-law and so um i'm like looking at this guy i'm like geez yeah he looks like pretty young looks like he's like a surf industry guy or something and and uh so i started talking to him and he's like yeah i got like a surf shop i'm like oh really which one like i know all those shops around here. he's like oh hangar 94 and i'm like no way like your team manager guy was like yeah, talking to me at this contest so this the other Milo day. Talking to you? And Milo, it's Milo and, and his father-in-law wow. are at my dad's shop. So we like talked. To, we, so I'm like rapping out with him. He's like, "Hey, if the guy doesn't get get back to you in like the next two weeks, like let me know. Like here's my phone number." And I'm like, "Oh, cool, whatever." <laughs> and uh, so, but at the same time, like me and my buddies are like hanging out with these girls from like this other school or whatever. And and so I'm like kind of talking to this one and and then she uh it turns out i was it was i'm hanging out with milo's daughter and then like he's coming to my dad's shop to you know whatever and so it's like trip. yeah it's pretty young then too but i've we've been together since we were 17. that's so crazy that's wow. how i met milo and yeah <laughs> and hangar 94 and all that stuff but what a trip so yeah. was there drama between you leaving claremont or you not really right for Claremont. I just no, I didn't really. I just love those guys. You yeah, know, so I, it wasn't. A, yeah, yeah, it wasn't a thing like that. But you didn't get any shit for riding for a hanger. I like it. No. Um, See those, yeah. Did you know like Milo's history prior to that, or just a little? Not bit? at all. Yeah. Nothing. So you Mine didn't know he, like Lennon said, hanger, you know, he's, he's been like around the last for a while. Thing that Milo did right. Yeah. Because yeah. he did. Fuck, Milo is. Cirque sunglasses yep. and SMP yep. and Emerald City, right? Ride. That's yep. his. And then he worked at Ride for. Oh, he did Ride too, right? Ride bought SMP. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Deep good, good family to marry into, you know. Mm -hmm. like animal. Now we yeah. got to hear from the pirate. The R. Tr. Tr. Dude, uh, where'd you go? You guys know. Uh, uh, so, what, go ahead. First off, dude, what? this this is pretty insane because you, like Bob McKnight, Tom Holbrook, Jeff Booth, like dudes that are fucking part of the elite of the industry. Bob Hurley. Bob Hurley. Tom Ruiz is right up he's there. Up, he's up there. You're fucking up there. You're up there. Nervous. And ladies and gentlemen, we have Tom Ruiz. On the podcast. Yeah. Boom. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
Wow. Fuck what those semen people say. Dude, you're, all, you're, you're at the top of our list, bro. <laughs> For what some it, reason, we keep winning you know, awards, it seems. <laughs> yeah. where did, uh, where, where'd you come from, bro? How'd you get your start in what, surf? What was your first boogie? <laughs> Dude. Mori. Built it. <laughs> Doc. <laughs> nah, I, you know, I was born in Whittier, California. Whittier? 60, that's right. Jim Shubin, shout out. What's wow. up, Whittier? Wow. The crazy ones come from Whittier. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, and then, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, number seven in a family of eight. What? Dad passed away when I was two and a half. My older siblings moved to Newport, so, yeah, this is, I'm old, so by, uh, Probably 1972, we moved to Newport. So wow. my eighth grade year, moved to the Wedge. To the Wedge. So I lived on Channel Road. and But I'd been started surfing. At then I was probably 14. Probably started surfing. First wave I caught was probably 10, right? At Scotchman's Cove. That was our spot. We just go to, like, the country, right? Quote, yeah. unquote. So Scotchman's, learned how to surf. Really got my first wave. And then... Used to come every weekend surf. So by eighth grade, I could surf. You know, were you psyched when you found out you're moving to Newport? Yeah. What was the connection of moving to Newport? You know, to tell you the truth, I was super psyched. We moved to Corona Del Mar, but it was like so fucking clicky, dude. I showed up in my cut off jeans, and today I'd be hip. Back yeah. then, I was like such a hondo. Yeah. <laughs> I used to get rousted, whatever. But unfortunately, two of the best surfers. And, and I was kind of a big kid for my age then, so I played football. So I was like, on, I just joined the surf team, played football. But it was nice because it was Corona Del Mar, so you had that whole countryside. You had like Elmo, all those places. And we surfed. I just surfed every day. It's like, you know, if I wasn't in school, I'd surf. You were late to practice, bro. You, you missed your push-ups. And, and I, kicked out, I kicked out football because I really wasn't that guy. But... Uh, anyway, it was it was awesome. It was yeah. awesome moving to Newport. That's how I started surfing. Connected to Russell immediately because um, Houston was from Whittier, and he no was way. friend of my older brother. So the brotherhood, so. I came right in, and Paul was best friends with my older brother, and he had started Newport Surf Resort back then. He started Russell, so I was a Russell guy from the beginning. He started Russell too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But he didn't shape, right? There's a He didn't shape. Like, one of my first boards was a Stussy. When he drew that little wave on it, it was insane. Who's from Garden Grove, right? Stussy's from Garden Grove. Yeah, a lot. There's a big group of Garden Grove or is that? Inland. That, yeah. yeah. Where are you big from, Chalky? Long Beach. Deep. What? Deep LB. <laughs> LBC. Yeah. But the show's not about Chalky. Yeah. I thought for sure it was Garden Grove. But... <laughs> well, Larson another... grew up in Huntington. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, uh, HB, bro. So it was cool. You know, it was like the biggest move of my life, you know, was yeah. that my mom moved us down here and then like entrenched in surfing. And so uh, was that early 70s or mid 70s? It's probably 72. Okay. I graduated high school in 79. Okay. By hair. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, I was, I, I was like on the first CDM surf team and. Uh, and then actually made it to the finals to the Explorer Scouts. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Fuck, I think I beat McElroy. What no McElroy? way. Yeah. 
And uh, who, so who I was, was just your surfing. crew back then when you when you were uh, uh well like CDM guys Craig Schieber who most of you guys would hate him if you know who he is he, <laughs> he burned everyone okay, he he's know. he he's uh he's a grandmaster of coast he moved to Costa Rica twenty five years ago but okay anyway so back then it was all CDM boys like we surfed El Moro kind of kind of like that was our spot that we called that country surf there but the beauty of it was I lived at the Wad so. And my mom was super cool at this point. And it was just like, if cylinders was going off, I'm a regular foot. Like, I'm all, mom, hmm. you got to give me a pass today. And <laughs> I remember, like, calling Moyer, come down. Like, he'd come down. And Mike Moyer, the photographer. Mike Moyer, okay. the photographer, yeah. And uh, I just grew up, like, surfing the wedge, schoolyards, the point. That was kind of like... If you lived at if you lived on the point of the peninsula, that was kind of the spot. Well, those those spots are so like they go like it could be on just for like a thirty minute window, and then the rest. You know, if you're yeah. there and you're on it, but and yeah. back then it's, it's, fun, it's, it's funny it's, you say that because the other day it, 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 it like pumped that northwest swell pumped a little bit, and like Blackies was big, was too high tide, and I told my grandma go check schoolyards. Yeah. yeah, whatever, Dad. I rode my bike down there, and it was 13th Street, and it was like head high, two guys out, reeling down wow. the beach. Yeah. So when crazy. it does it, yeah, 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 it's on. Yeah, but you have to know and be available. There. So, so you got into competition. You're a competitive surfer, or just everyone? Well, I did because yeah, you know, I was like cool. school, NSSA, and that's when. Uh, oh God! So did you go to Corona Del Mar High? Or, went to Corona Del Mar High. And uh, but what was cool is because when we very first moved here, we lived in the Bluffs, which was CDM. But then we moved immediately to the Wedge, which is Newport Harbor. So I got to hung with all the cool guys like Jeff Parker, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Preston Murray, and D. And Preston's a boy in DK. Yeah. So I kind of did that. And then when that got blackballed, we I used to go to El Moro, which they couldn't go there. Yeah, blackball. Yeah. Why, why couldn't they go there? Because of localism? Because they kind of, yeah. And it was yeah. hard to get in. Like, El Moro back in the day was a trailer park. Cause like, yeah. You had to, like, give the Jedi mind trick to the guard. <laughs> or, yeah. yeah it was just different. Time. Yeah. Yeah. We miss, the, we miss those kind of old wrecking days where, you know, you had to know somebody. Dude, I remember Packing Order. Sixth Street, Lee Granger. He was cool. But there was, like, Charlie Wheeler, all the boys, like, I got slapped. Like, if you try to, like, pull in and take yeah. the ride off the jetty yeah. back in the day, you get a fucking smack. Localism was a real It's a real deal. Yeah. 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 And then the good thing, like, being part of Russell and then being on his quote-unquote team, you know, all that, that was, like, you were entrenched yeah. in it right then. Yeah. But, the, but, the but they locker, didn't even care. Yeah. And they were on the Russell team, too. Yeah. It's still, like... Get yeah. in line, You're from fucking Whittier, bro. But we, we they talk- didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah. They know that. Fuck. I might be a boogie boarder. <laughs> but we talk about that like surf shop, like brotherhood, like that that like kind of local, like where you went hung. The guys in the shop that worked there were just that's the coolest guys you've ever known. You're like, yeah. I want to be those guys. Tell you guys know them. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we're smoking weed, drinking beer. They, they live in an apartment in the garage in their mom's house, like whatever. <laughs> But man, How old they, your sister? they had a sick tan and they ripped. No, I'm just kidding. But no, well, got, yeah, it was right about the Brussel days is because they were like the boys. Yeah. You know, Jack Briggs, Billy Pels, Nick Roth. You know, they were, they were charging Puerto Escondido before most, you know, all yeah. that was going on. So 
Yeah, it was like it was an honor to be on their team. And then back then, I remember like, and it was handcrafted shit. Like you had a seven-two, you know, single fin, glassed-in, matching nose and tail blocks that tied into your fin. It was like yeah. a piece of art. That's so, cool. so that's hung on to this. That's way before Quicksilver and Billabong, right? Yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah. There was no sponsors. My sponsor was. Uh, my mom and Russell. <laughs> mom but and Quick man. was coming around, man. Yeah. So then yeah. it was like turning to the hottest hundred yards. Yeah. All that shit started happening. DK was going off. And, you know, DK lived by the wedge, too. So I knew him a little bit. And then, um, but I just always surfed right at 56 because it was good. I wasn't like part of that scene. But I was You're in there. The I was in the mix, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I was probably the last guy to like, first of all, Put a leash on. I rode my single fan, right? Yeah. And those guys are all switching to like also twins, Twin fans, probably, everything. Yeah. And it just yeah. happened so quick, and that was the hottest hundred yards. Yeah. And uh, Newport became like an epicenter oh, for dude, there'd 80s be like fifteen surfing. photographers on the yeah. beach, and it's yeah. like really, yeah, yeah. Like and we the, we talked to Richie. We did an interview with with Richie. He was talking about his dad's shop and yeah. you know how all the Hawaii boys and you know, Australians, and they would just come and hang Ali out. Kai, he's a, he, Ali Kai and, his, and he was a Grom just, yeah. like, you know, tripping. Like, all the best surfers of the world are yeah. showing up and hanging out at my dad's shop. Like, just oh, don't man, even know. Oh, Shane Haran. Like, again, yeah, that was the like, Newport. Well, plus crew. Jeff, uh, you know, Pouch was there with McCoy. So, you had a whole McCoy team. And then you had the Wave, wave Tools was going off. Yeah. Because yeah. that was Murray... DK, Parker, Parker all yep. those guys, right? And then I think DK like went to McCoy. I'm not sure, but <clears throat> um, so what was your first job in the industry? Did you work at the shop or uh, Paperboy? Did you go to college? Uh, one question at a time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. You went straight from first job to like college. Come on, <laughs> this guy's all over the map. Give him Sorry. another shot. Sorry, I know I need one. You do need calm to me down. down. Yeah. Just calm down. So, Jackie. so, so you barely finished high school. You said no. I didn't say that. No. <laughs> I, I, will tell, I will tell you, sorry. That is kind of true. <laughs> he said so by there. So I was an artist. How right? So I was an art kid, and yeah. you were. Yeah. Wow. So I was going to so, say arts, but you know, <laughs> sharks. <That'd be> inappropriate. <laughs> I say sharks. No. No. So I was an art kid. So. And uh, artist of the year of CDM and best kisser, I think, too. Fuck off! Yeah, fucking guy. This guy. Yeah. Yeah. Just saying, I'm blessed. We're going to fact check yeah. everything, bro. Go ahead. <laughs> you better, better screen. I need a recount. I want to see the notes on the back of the. So the I was an art major, and so, yes, I was a little shy on graduating, so I had to paint a mural on the side of the library of CDM High School. Get out of here. 1979. Fucking fact check that. Really? <laughs> they painted a mural on the side of... Yeah. I think a mural, I think, and big. Big. No, yeah. like 35 feet long. You're that good of an artist. <laughs> they just said... They just said... You needed a second. I like one more point. Spend the summer out there. That's pretty good. good. That's cool. So how did well, you get it? chosen out of all the artists in your school? Because like? I was most artistic. Really? Yeah. And good kisser. And had the hottest chick. <laughs> I Sorry, love honey. the sit of you already, dude. <laughs> What, what what was the uh, the the concept? What was the the mural? Ah, uh, uh, so it was like yeah, surfing of course, 
Oh, by the way, I do errors before anyone was doing errors. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. I almost invented it. Ruiz, come on. Should I send him that? Right now, they say I'm going to hit up my, my oh, you, right you now. On a single thing? invented it. <laughs> I didn't do one. I drew it. Oh, you drew it. <laughs> I didn't hit it. Okay. Legit oh, now I believe you. Yeah. <laughs> Has anyone killed you on the show? Yeah. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, so. Anyway, so yes, I did graduate high school by hair. What, what was the mural? What did you paint? It was kind of like a full jungle surf scene. I had these little characters, kind of like lizard-looking people, like surfing and all over the place. I'd, it was 35 feet long. Fuck. Yeah. That's rad. Do you have pictures of that? No. Ah, bummer. Damn. That's good. This probably didn't happen then. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't have cameras back then. Yeah. They didn't have cameras. <laughs> Dating himself. I drew it. Yeah. I'll draw it for you. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have film in the, the camera. The Polaroid was uh, overexposed. There might be a picture. Yeah. I'm sure. Well, that's well, cool. So I graduated high school and now what the fuck am I going to do? I served every day. I turned 18 when I was like... November, my senior year, so I could write my own hall passes. Love that. I was hanging with DK. Do you think he graduated high school? <laughs> Murray? <laughs> did, what up, Murray? Yeah. Did you three, three of the most successful guys out of Newport. Too. Like, what, what did you, What was your home life like? You said your mom gave you hall passes when it was good. Did, was, was it like, hey, you need to go to college? Or, hey, just, you know, yeah, like, what yeah, was that? College, yeah, it's, it was different, you know. So yeah. College wasn't a pressure. The, the bummer was... I might cry. Oh. Yeah. You'd like that. Huh? We'd like that. <laughs> this, would, this, this would be the first. This would be oh, gold. I, no, the, the bummer was at my yeah, age, yeah, at that point in time, keep your pants up, <laughs> <laughs> is that, you know, a lot of stress on a kid, like in yeah. living in Cron Del Mar, and kids going, yeah, I'm going to Pepperdine, I'm going to USC, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm going to, uh, oh. is there a community college here? OCC, somewhere? for sure. And so I went to OCC, art major, but I, at that point, Quick was on. Yeah. Quick was starting, and me and DK were buddies, and Matt McKnight, and I'm all, fucking give me a job. And I did a little bit of art for them, and then I watched Tom Holbrook pulling a Porsche and go, What's he do? <laughs> <laughs> He's in sales. I'm like, I'm pretty good at talking. <laughs> and then, and then, I know numbers. I know numbers. Yeah, of course. There's a lot of numbers mm. in art. Well, that's right. When Quip was just starting it. They hadn't even gone public yet. It was just like, just starting. It was on fucking fire. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think Gotcha hadn't even started yet. OP was still kind of hanging in there, but Quick was on fire. Gotcha was just starting to go. Well, OP was like dominating just the lifestyle aspect, t-shirts and the cords and stuff. But like Quicksilver focused on board shorts, which nobody like yeah. executed right, and that and that was their niche. Well, and that, that was, was yeah. That was back in the day in the surf shops. That was one of the core items. Now it's like just part of the apparel, where you know leashes and boards and hard goods. Did you let the fucking no. talk? Gosh, this guy he always does this. Yeah. So, so Tom. So you're exactly right, Jay. Yes. Good job, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Boom. Talking about how quick went. Boom. And you saw I it. I did, and then they dropped in other categories. But I was just like, I need a fucking job. So I'm like, all right, how do I get to Tom Holbrook's job? And they're like, all right, we'll give you a job in credit and collections. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. So what do you need to do? So you know, 
call Tony G. Where's your money? Yeah. Call Les at WRV. Where's your money? Les <laughs> <laughs> not here, man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I built relationships with those guys, which was cool because then I ended up working for Holbrook as yeah. a sub rep, and Willie Morris came in. That he just got off the tour, and he came in, and Quick was insane. It was like it was it was the that epitome was of like the new surf industry. Yeah, it was yeah. like it was it. That was and your, it was cool. that was your university. Quick, that, that was my university, university for sure and then we started going to tabby and all that and it was like it was an amazing ride yeah. I mean, it taught me i was there 10 the, years the golden years of uh, yeah that's that's what happens when surf surfer own surf companies and how they take care and how they want to live their life it's not just making money it's the lifestyle and yeah we'll get to how that you know comes yeah. into play here at salty crew but taking a page out of the old book that that's they Absolutely. did it well. Yeah. Even and today, so once I got under Holbrook, even How long today, did you do that job for the, the credit and collection? As short as possible. <laughs> Eight months. I was yeah. like, I need to be in sales. They felt the same way. I collected more money than anyone else had. Yeah. <laughs> Put your clean over here. There's no red tape. That's funny. Yeah, uh, that was a that was a rad experience. That was super cool, because we all surfed at lunch. It was like the the OG like, yeah, surf club. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll say like from being a Grom that those all those brands, Quick, Bong, Volcom, oh. like the way they influenced me as a kid. Oh, like for it, sure. you know, I had a dad that was into surfing, and like that was our lifestyle. But like when it when that cool element came in, and like the sticker on the nose of the board, and then the the athletes, you know, the, the way each yeah. brand kind of had their look and their vibe. Like, yeah. I just, you identify with certain ones. And, like, that honestly, for me, that was, like, that was, like, you know, my Grom years, like, I was so into that world. Every surf movie that came out. And then yeah. it was interesting because I transitioned and I started working in the surf industry. And I felt like I got there a little bit late, yeah. to be honest, because I was, like, wait a sec like what happened to like all the stories i heard or the things that were going down and like you know so it's cool hearing those you know that history because that's that's i think we need it back yeah for sure and we grew up in surf shops we worked at service sport that's how we came connected i was sponsored by service sport but uh the the reps the clinics that came through the signings the athletes the you know the, the support at that grassroots level being the only kid, like you said, with the sticker on your nose of your board in junior high or high school, you know, like that is what made that was the your brands, aspirations. Yeah, you know, the brand was cool at all those levels, and it seems now like a lot of the brands are just cool at the top level, and you know, you got a million kids going for that. It's totally changed, right? Yeah, I mean, but I, let's go back to Tom's story. I'm just saying, I'm just, you know, I'm expanding. I more. I need to hear more about Tom's story because I'm fucking really interested in Tom's story. I think our listeners so, are really interested too. For sure. Yeah. So, so how long did you rep? You you started working under Holbrook's guidance. Under Holbrook's guidance. And which, what uh, you were his discipline still? Or? I used today in my sales vein. Never make a promise you can't keep. Old business first. I've heard that a hundred times. I fucking yeah. love it. Or more. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's like blocking and tackling. Never, yeah. never what? Never make a promise you can't keep. You missed and, it. No, no, no. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Never, never, miss, never make a promise you can't keep and old business first. 
Yeah. Beautiful. Old business first. So, Practice so what is that, dude? What did you uh <laughs> what did you do for Holbrook? Like what did he give you a story? Uh, uh category uh no i kind of just helped out in his office at first then he's like okay they had pro light back then right yeah you can have pro light all right and then all right i'll take pro light give yeah. me something yeah grew that i remember duke what's up duke duke wouldn't even they wouldn't sell him quicksilver because it was like they were super tight in distribution which is another thing people should be aware of yeah back in the day it's like it's on pro light though are you talking Duke the Pulse of Surfing on Beach Boulevard? Yes. <laughs> the Pulse of Surfing. Samson. Yeah. Who's now on 17th Street with his hair. Yeah. I'm going to cut that shit off for sure. So, so, so anyway, so I got Prolite. That was my first gig. It was good. And then I got like a little territory. And then uh, Willie showed up. God bless his soul. He was a golden boy. Took some of my territory. But <laughs> no. And then... Uh, and then, yeah, I did Orange County, and um, it was just a great experience, man, because the thing was so on fucking fire. McKnight took me to Tavarua for the first time. Wow. He took, like, a bunch of us, and Tabby just kind of opened. Yeah. And so we all went, and uh, I think I did 17 trips there since then, through Quick and Vulcan days. You bastard. I know. <laughs> That's fucking... So, so how it's long been did a while. you... It's been a while. Did you leave some skin there? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody skin. does. You've been there how many times? You, you've left a little bit of yourself on the reef over there. For those that have oh, oh, mine was in the shower. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you did that for for a couple years, and then what? Did that for about ten or so years, and then like uh, thought I'd go on my own, and then spread um, your wings. Spread my wings. Do my own brand. Do your own brand. After quick, yeah. Okay. Like, and, start uh, your own brand? Just like, start my own brand. Okay. Yeah, it's like 27. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's so funny? You, you guys just repeated each uh, other three uh, times. Start your own brand. <laughs> well, start your own brand. Well, so, yeah. Start so your I, own I, brand. I, don't do it. Big deal. Don't big deal. Do Out on your own. Don't do it. Big, bigger deal now than no, then. I'm like, yeah. okay, let's do it. And, uh, and Leanne Murray was the head designer of quick at that time she's like hey we should do our own thing and that lasted about uh 40 seconds now we did a trade show and it was just was is that out. big chief that's big chief whoa yeah guy i know a boy. little bit of history bro so big chief lasted one trade show ah. so then i'm like now nah, what do i do and then so wait who came up with big chief tom ruiz or me and Leanne okay. together. And what was the? Well, back then it was like the streetwear thing was happening. Mm. It was like you kind of like you didn't have to be super surf, and I may have been influenced into uh, trying something like that. Yeah, yeah. It was good though. Okay. Yeah. It was good. You know what? It was good. I the, learned a I like a million <laughs> lessons. Big chief. Big chief. Yeah. yeah. The best. Another million lessons off that. Yeah. And every time you fail, you should learn. A million lessons because yeah. there's a bunch there's to a be million there to be yeah. learned. Yeah, yeah. I, that's. I mean, that's just part of your your story. You know, like it's, so, it's so you should be gotten, proud of it and not. So that's know, the third amazing piece of information from Tom Louise. Yeah, let's repeat him again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you? Yes. You start. Never your make own a brand. promise that you can't keep. Old business first, 
And you should always learn a million things when you make a, a failure. What, what was it? Close. Oh, that was make super important. I got another one. I got another one. What is it? Uh, never let it rest until your good is better and your better is best. Whoa, dude. Never let it <laughs> rest until your good is, is that better it? than the best. Oh, God. Dude, you guys are confusing me now. <laughs> this is a good, better, good, better, rest. Never let it rest. Good, better, rest. Never let it rest. Until your good is better and your better is best. Wow. I wrote that in poetry. <laughs> hey, I didn't. I, I fucking painted that on a mural. <laughs> you got that tattooed on your back. No, he's got a lightning bolt. A tramp stamp. No, no, that's, that's crazy. Get the ball. Hey, Tom, Tom, get the ball down the field. All right. Yeah. Get the ball down. Then what happened, field. Tom? Then what'd you do? Wooly decided to branch no. out. Pirate surf. Ooh. Ooh. Right. Wait, pirate surf was Volcom Day. I mean. Quick, quick silver days. Yeah. So at the end of the quick days, and then uh, <clears throat> Yoki sold Pirate Surf to Quick. And for the flannel and hoodie, the overhead. Yeah, <laughs> overhead. That's Larry. what it's called. Yeah. yeah, that's what Quick called it. Yeah, yeah. but Yoki, who's a fucking fantastic designer, one yeah. of the best, oh, I think, amazing. super creative. We had he's, Yoki he's on, been the, on the podcast. podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We get all the grades. So then what? So then, so now, uh, they're like, okay, you should, they bought it, Quick bought Pirate Surf, and like, hey, go do sales over there. Yeah. And uh, Mark McNaught was there. What up, McNaught? And Ballinger. Ballinger. Ballinger and Yoki were partners. And we had a little place off of uh, 18th Street, whatever. And uh, Pirate Surf was freaking killing awesome. It. It's killing it. it. It was fucking Vulcan before Vulcan, right? It was super designer. Like yeah, yeah. Jeff is so creative. It was like I think it, I think it missed some people's heads, but at the same time, like the uh, acid wash flannels, yeah. the, the hoodie flannel, shit like that, killed it. Killed it. Yeah. It kind of came out right when grunge was starting to pop, right? Yeah, like that yeah kind of sure. Trend was starting yeah. to go and yeah. He hit the nail on the head. And that was a cool experience. Like, working in that little warehouse is me, Bella, Yoki, McNaught, and it was cool. Well, so, little, little, little side note, I was riding for Quicksilver, and we get our quarterly or monthly, like, walkthroughs. We get your, like, eight items or whatever the fuck it was. And I remember the uh, the Pirate Surf, like, cage. corner cage inside. And knowing it's because I see it in the shop. Yeah, and work. I'm like, hey, can I grab some stuff out of there? And it was like... Yeah, go for it. You know, like, <laughs> because it was like they brought it in and, you know, unfortunately. Those acid wash flannels are sick. Oh, yeah. dude. I see a salty crew pirate surf. I was thinking outer known. <laughs> <laughs> Grunge. So, so, why did they shutter pirate surf? You were there. You were there at the time, right? Why did it's a level shutter? three need to know. Like, yeah. fuck, I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. What? Yeah, because Yoki kind of told us, but um, what did he say? He said that uh, Shahid, right? Was it Shahid? Shahid like, Sadagi? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was working. He was like Bob McKnight's right hand man then. Don't act stupid, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and he shut it down, right? I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the word on the street. So it's a bummer because uh, I think Pirate Surf. 
How about they brought it back? They tried to, right? And Greg Garrett. Is that Mike Garrett's Is there your stomach in here? What's going on? <laughs> Could be that maker's mark. I don't know. Ready to come out fire. Just kidding. We'll cut that out in the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we need a, we need the edit version before it goes out. <laughs> sure, I'll be right on that. <laughs> Big Tony will come One take cut. it from you. Oh, <laughs> so so pirate surf then what? Pirate surf. So that was the end of the Quicksilver era, right? For me, yeah. That's when Leah and I started Big Chief, which whatever didn't work out. Good name from, though. You got a place though. It's kind of a cool name. Yeah. Big Chief. You guys I came got a place. Name. What what happened? <laughs> what happened? Just ran out of money or not enough uh accounts? It was kind of the both both. I remember we showed up at a trade show, I was like it was just a little before its time, the, the economy, you know, was not great early nineties. No, no, it was like nothing jived. Nothing? Yeah. And that's where I'd say pick your partner. Pick Leanne's partner. great designer was rest in peace, yeah. Leanne. Love you. But uh I don't know, just overzealous young guy, like, let's go for it. I want to fucking rock and roll in my own company. So then what happened? So then I got arrested, did about three or four years. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Then what happened? And then what happened? Then where'd you go? Uh, Oh, then I met Greg Hillman. Do you guys know who Greg Hillman is? No, sir. Who the hell is that? VP of Massimo. Oh. Okay. And so, and then Jason Blake. You guys know who Jason Blake is? Yeah. So Hillman, you gotta come help us out. For Mossimo. He was ex Mossimo VP. Rest in peace. He's Maki already. But anyway, so went there. That was another disaster. Another learned another million things, but but it was good because I met Blake, and through Blake, he ended up working for me at. Uh, at, at Volcom and other things. One, I think Yoki's one of the most talented guys, like creative-wise. I think Blake's one of the most like talented guys. He's super good. Yeah. Well, he had a good run with his quicksilver ever and ever. Yeah. 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 Blake's a man. Yeah. HB so, dude. So what did HB. you do at at Massimo? Sales. Who, me? Yeah. I never did Mossmo dipshit. What the fuck are you talking about? Well, he's talking he's... about Gray after. Hillman was there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Keep XVP. up. Yeah. Give me another shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you guys do? Where so we... so we had Blake jeans, which actually was pretty oh. cool. So Blake was designing these jeans. I think. Anyway. So that worked out for about two years. Burned through a ton of money. Because the uh, number one to be in the apparel industry and like survive like your cash flow has got to be deep right yeah. Moss was lucky back in the day Moss launched out of his garage in um, Babel Island he went to the first ASR and he had Eon volleys he got a million dollars in paper it's according to Hillman and then you take it. that and you take it to a factory and go boom they support it do it that's how Moss started. Damn. He hit it right on the fucking nail. Says, I just gonna give you more business than you've ever had from one purchase, you know? Like yeah. that's huge. Volleys. Yeah. You know. 
But the show's not about Massimo. The show's no, about it's not. Know. But I'm just telling your listeners like shit that's happened. <laughs> yeah, talking about the so connection. what happened? Tom. Intertwined. Jesus Christ! There's so many questions. Yeah. Take the light, take the light out. Yes, sir. We could. We could. We, we could bounce. We could bounce back. We could talk about Larson. No. <laughs> <laughs> so Tom, you did like, and then. Uh, so I did like. Yep. Two year run. And then I was like, "What the fuck am I doing?" I'm like, "I don't know." What year is this? What year is this? I was probably 26 years old at this 28. I mean, I went, it happened pretty pretty quick from quick, right? Yeah. I know I wasn't 30. So in in 98, I joined up with Volcom. So between there and there. Okay. So ninety eight is when you started working with Volcom. Yes. And they yeah. they so and they've been yeah. around for seven years then, right? No. They came out ninety one? Maybe. Yeah. Well Yeah. yeah. That's, Nin- the story. Nin- That's the well, story. Well, ni- yeah, ninety one and T shirts in the back of the U Haul. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of stickers. Lots of stickers. So, so how, how So that- when I was at Yaga. Did we Yaga. Talk about Yaga? No. What? See? I've been asking you. And, and you're getting overwhelmed with the, the questions. What's next? So many. What's My next? God, interrogation. Yaga. Yeah. What's yeah. next? Is that reggae? Reggae span bouncing around shit? like entrepreneurship. Like, fuck. I who, love who's, it. Who was, who was behind Yaga? Uh, hold on. <laughs> Pull my finger. <laughs> no. So, after... Um, like. Like. So, Yaga. Yaga was a company out of Galveston, Texas, and it was like kind of like all about music and kind of reggae, and, yeah. blue, and they were kind of going off. Hmm. Nothing on the West Coast. So, this guy I knew, he's like, oh, you should talk to this guy. And so, I worked for Yaga, lived in Newport, and they were out of Galveston, Texas. I mean, it was cool. It was, a, it was, it was pretty rad. I mean, it, to see a company that could do like, 35 to 40 million with zero West Coast coverage. Wow. Crazy. It was super, you know, Texas, East Coast, you know. Anyway, so did that. They sold it to some, and, and the whole thing was kind of like reggae, rhythm, yeah. multicultural, and then they sold it to this dude who was like white supremacist, like, oops, <laughs> I might want to kick out here. Wow. Yeah, it was weird. They had a good thing, but it taught me like how much business is out there. Like yeah, yeah. and and that was actually a, a time I learned about all department stores because that's mostly sold to. They didn't care who they sold to, and it was a good deal. And then, um, but the meantime, I had like Wooly and J Dog and Tucker going, "Hey, what do you think about this?" Because we all worked together earlier. Wooly and I have been friends for a long time. What do you think about this? And at one point, well. No more free advice. <laughs> no more. No more. Yeah. You guys need to pay up. That's when That's when you guys decided to partner? No, I just... No, at that point, it was just like, ah, oh, whatever. And um, I could tell you a couple other stories before that, but probably inappropriate. <laughs> so then what happened? Well... So, so they said, dude, you got to head up our sales team. Well, then I had to, you know, go meet Wooly, which was like, 
I said, no more, no more free advice. I'm fucking over it. And I got this Yaga thing, which I'm not really proud of, but I'm just doing it. And I'm learning shit and whatever. And then I knew Vulcan was kind of going off. And I'm like, you're a fucking billboard on toothpicks, dude. You're going to get blown right over. You got a bunch of stickers. You think you're all the shit. And I'm like, let's develop, like, let's get some legs in here. And I said, all right, let's talk. That's where the... Tom, don't fuck around. This is where the he shit fucking really happens. Well, they're my friends. Yeah, which you could be blunt honest and like straight up and be like, do you guys, you're dating well, us? Like Wooly, yeah, Wooly and I worked at Quick. Right? He was under DK. I watched Kelly Slater walk in and sign his autograph for his. Boothie <laughs> walked in. Hadn't even hit puberty for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what up, Boothie? <laughs> So been through it all. It's good. It's yeah, yeah. And then and Willie, you know, he had Volcom, and I, I I admired him. Oh yeah, you're on the right track. You're hitting something. No one's doing right. He was. Yeah, perfect. Absolutely. Again, like we'll get to but, guys' brand, but it's timing and it's brand message and just yeah. You know, there's a lot of variables that go into being successful, like you, you know, seeding the market versus just spending money on at, you know, like. Yeah. Grassroots. Wooly was all about. He took the Quicksilver playbook and upgraded it, you know. And Wooly was under DK. Yeah, but it was rad. So anyway, yeah. So I was uh, talking to them and said, "No more free advice." And and me and Wooly met. And I said, "Let me tell you another story, another time." But I <laughs> so, met. Well, I did meet Wooly under the trailers at El Moro because yeah. he's an El Monk. Yeah, he's a CDM kid too. Yeah. And Willie's a man, by the way. Come on, Willie, don't be scared. So, so he's so scared. So he's scared. always scared. So you <laughs> started. <laughs> you took over the reins of sales at Volcom. Ninety eight. Right? Ninety eight. Yes. Okay. What What were they doing around that time? Ten million. Zen, no, like five hundred and eighty million. Already I'm fucking talking numbers. No, I was just curious. Shit. This is like early. This is early. I thought that was the prelude to the uh, show. Did, did We're not talking that? numbers. No, you're not numbers here. at current times. We're talking about Volcom 30 years ago, dude. Uh, 500 sure. million. Is like sure. I'm kind of curious. I'm kind of curious. <laughs> yeah, I over listened to our like what time? I mean, they came in '91. They kind of blew. You know, had a slow. Well, we were public then, so yeah. I don't right. know. My NDA is probably expired. So. Right. They're probably 1998. Been in business seven years, seven million. You want to hear the best part? Yes. When I kicked out, 330 million. <laughs> That's a huge kick out. Lennon not on the reef either. That's straight onto his executive boat on the channel, waiting for him in the helicopter. Just blown <laughs> out of the pit. Yeah. Lennon's kicked out on the dry reef. Check that. I made him made that up. <laughs> 300 landing got burned <laughs> tom's coming flying out of that thing <laughs> that so sick. so vulcan is was the brand for i mean we well, spent 16 i don't think you can have there. another vulcan ever again meaning meaning like what it did for skateboarding surfing snowboarding music like other brands Kind of tried to do it and yeah. uh, Lennon, you got to imagine like at one point we were so fucking on fire and then we went public, right? El Fuego. And then it's, you know, we had a ton of money, but 
you'd walk in Sean White, Bruce Irons, Lynn Glifford. Like, yeah. It was just on and on and on. Yeah. It was awesome. Like the best team you could money could buy. Yeah. Right. Right. It was. But you on. guys were so authentic. Every single aspect of the business was run by people that came from the industry. For sure. Yeah. Right? Like for sure. And real people. And yeah, like it yeah. was like Eckert. Like sitting Eckert, like sitting in front of a trade trip, J Dog, all the boys. Yeah. And they're not and they rose to the occasion. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like and then all of a sudden we were serious business people. And they everyone that's, rose. That's the that's the beauty of what we're talking about here is Yes, like you didn't get a college degree, and probably some of the other guys that. Quit bringing that up. From that brand. Did you fart? fart? Pull my finger. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like you said, everyone kind of rose to the occasion, and surprisingly, we're fucking business savvy, right? Like Eckert, holy shit, like, you know, where did that come from? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, even even Eckert. Well, let's go back. Yeah. College degree does not define you. Because I know guys who are like uber college, don't have any work ethic, right? Yeah. So that's, I tell my kids that too. Like, you can get your degree, but you need to learn work ethic. Yeah. yeah. Work ethic. It's like, I, when I was 13, Passion, I wanted to make money so bad, I lied to the gas station. I was 15. So you get And job. then I figured out how, like, back then you used to pump a button and they could reset it. So I sold all my friends' gas. <laughs> Pocketed. <laughs> Side. There's a great story. No yeah. <laughs> wonder Ruiz is a fucking hustler. No, but that's our industry, yeah. and that's what we love about it. Yeah. You know, because well, you know we're nomads. Yeah. yeah, we're pirates and we're cowboys. Yeah. Uh, so funny story for you. You probably don't even know this about me, but I dropped out of college to go on that Bali trip. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know that about you. What with these guys? That is, you were going to college and, and this trip came up and you're like, I can't. Oh, I was already on that. I was already on that bubble where I was like surfing my brains out. My de- And I grew up in a retail environment and loved. Like, retail. Yeah. And I, yeah. and I like sales and work and all of it. You yeah, know, like I'm and going so, with the, the, the and best I love surfing. Yeah. And then I kind of looked at it as like, listen, actually Milo is the one like he was going with you guys and he hit me up. I was like, you want to go? And I just started another semester and there, and, uh, what yeah. were you going to school for business? Mm. Uh, and he was like, yeah, you want to go? And I like turned around and looked at my dad. I'm like, Hey, uh, I've kind of been wasting your money because I've been ditching a lot of class. And like, I feel like I learned more like in the actual work environment. And I want to go on this trip. And if I drop out now, it won't hurt me if I go back. So, and I just, yeah. Never went back. <laughs> so, so back to your story. You grew up in in the kayak retail industry, right? Yeah, say, yeah, water sports like water sailboats, sports. kayaks, yeah. like you know, pre subs and pre anything else. It was and that's boats and surf. though, right? That's a good business. It was, a, it was just a small family. I that industry is kind of bounced around and stuff, you know. And yeah. like my family, they just did the. Hard Yards is a small family-run business, yeah, and it's awesome. always like aunt. My aunt works there, like you know. And then me and my brother and all our friends, we all went through high school. Just that was like oh, too easy. We'll go work for Ron. Yeah, you know. So, it was, yeah, yeah, that was kind of our that was our story, you know. But I mean, I'll tell you what. Like they've been selling water sports fun to San Diego for forty years, and the, the main thing 
for sure is customer service and the environment you get. And they, yeah. they love what they do. They love what they sell. Every product in there they enjoy and, and care believe about in, yeah. and believe in. Yeah, yeah so passionate about it and that's you, you get really good knowledgeable information. Yeah, and 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 then and that's the staff why as well. Go to you know. places like that. Totally, and, and I and I think that's like the world of retail now, like with the world of e-com changing the game, and and uh, but you still go into those retail stores where you get an experience, like it's yeah. the authentic experience, and like uh, that's that that will never go away. Yeah. like that's the people, the, you know, yeah. and and so. Obviously, for like for me, I was born and raised in that. So was my wife's family with Mila at Hangar and yeah. in Emerald City back in the day with the Krauses and like all those guys give an experience. Like, I mean, I remember going into Emerald City. I just thought of this the other day because my kids were joking about it. Um, I got this shirt from Emerald City, and like we were like pretty young, like maybe I was like 10 or something and we were all into snowboarding. My dad's like froth on that. And we go into Emerald City, they had youth snowboard stuff. And uh, there was like they were selling these shirts that said, "Skiing's for little fat kids," and friends don't let friends ski. That's and like my, my dad bought these shirts for us, and uh, you know, but just like that, like it was it was a you know that was a different time. The authenticity, like what you got out of that experience at retail, and like that's what's like you know the good retailers now. Like you see them, like they're kind of thriving, and there's a lot of challenges in the yeah. world, but. You get the experience when you walk in there, and the, yeah. the knowledge, the authenticity, and all that stuff. So, well, we're in a yeah, just, we're we're in a specialty, you know, industry. You know, like yeah. it's hard goods driven, whether it's you know skate, surf, or snow, or whatever in apparel and everything. All the accessories are part of that, but you know, going back to authentic and like having that, that core. You know, like kind of baseline. You know, could be kayaks. You know, like it doesn't matter. I mean, you got people that are in it because they're passionate about it. Yeah. And the, and the shops that have been around, you know, like Milo or Servant Sport or do, you know, like they are in it because that's what they do. They, they want to embrace that, you know, and I feel like that's where we're, you know, going to succeed in this industry yeah. is having having that passion and, and supporting the, the, new, yeah, the new generation. So then... Uh-oh. Going back to Tom over here. Yeah. Wow, that looks dangerous. Yeah. Are you leaving? Those are yeah. 7.98. Oh, so, so Tom, Volcom, how many years of Volcom? 16. 16 years? Yeah. And you kicked out um, after you guys went public and after it was acquisitioned, right? Yeah. Um, it's kind of cool. Like, being a part of a public company. Well, first being a part of a private company, which is a bunch of fucking pirate, rager, yeah. punk rockers. Yeah. They kind of kept their shit together and made it happen. Wooly's the man. And Renee Wilcott, his dad. So guided us through it. like, And we made this thing that was a freaking monster, which was good and, and made a ton of right decisions. Personally... A lot of bad decisions, but <laughs> but yes, but you know, yeah. So sixteen, it's not. I don't think it's sixteen. Might be fifteen, eighteen. I don't know. <laughs> it was a long time. It was a long time, and it was like the. It was like being the Rolling Stones of the industry. It yeah. was not. It was good. 
It was like we always said, like in front of the booth. We used to have four hundred people in front of our booth, bro. Remember the Rangers at Surf Expo when DBS we go through thirteen kegs. Dude, DBS a day. and Vulcan were next to each other, and that was a fucking lethal combination. Yeah. I know, and you were like, "Can I get a job? Can I get a job?" <laughs> no, I never asked you for a job there. I can, I can be your sub manager. Yeah, <laughs> sub manager. Yeah. Just give me an expense uh, uh, those were, card. Those were those are days. Those that was the like industry days. Like it was, yeah. It was. It's kind of funny. Like I think that was a. You know who was really first at kind of like the the outfits and this and that was like Massimo. Remember that? Was he? Yeah, they used to show up. And, You're a Moss guy, weren't you? No. Come Hell on. no. You that's look like a Moss guy. <laughs> I guess that's a compliment. Uh, no, it isn't. <laughs> Stacy guy, though. Fabulous so looking. So wait, Massimo was... Massimo like, used to put like all the outfits together. Huh. When did you join up, dude? Not... No, I Soon didn't join up for Massimo. Well... <laughs> It's here. It's That's here. such a bad remark. I can't even say that. Cause... Anyway, I'm not even sure where we're at. We're talking what? about ASR and outfits and how you guys dominated the marketing like, scene. Oh, so going back to Volcom. Can we get back to Salty Crew? Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah, that's, a, that's the second half. A yeah. long wind, isn't it? It's a long it's, winding road. Yeah, it's winding for sure. <laughs> I'm enjoying it, though. I'm learning some new things about T-Gun. So is everybody. T-Gun, dude. Yeah. T-Gun. So, so, so. Like oh, the, history, the, the outfits thing. Right? So before Volcom, Mosmo used to have outfits. Okay. I'm not that old, though. <laughs> right when he gets to tell the story, you say something stupid, Lark. Whoa! Well, I just both of them had outfits, and Reef had Reef girls at the gym yeah. show. That's what I remember as a kid. Yeah, yeah. you wrote for me, and, and, and I worked for it. Black Flies. Today you can oh, Black Flies. <laughs> oh my God! Oh, you're the Black Flies guy. No, I yeah, you were. No. I saw you peeking through that silver. I was, there I was hanging out with those guys, but yeah. I no. Wasn't here's a, here's a good one on that one. So my dad and like your buddies like yeah. back in the day and like hadn't seen him in a while and I remember the first ASR I ever went to I was cruising around with my dad and like we start to walk by the Black Flies booth and Flanky sees my dad and he's like well Ron what's up and so they're talking and then he reaches around my dad's back and gives me his business card and the business card was just how like, old Twelve, yeah, twelve probably, and it's just like full spread, like gnarly business card. Oh yeah, and my dad's like, wait, what? 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 Give me that thing! (laughs) Dude, the black flies thing was so gnarly. That's like Volcom was like, just getting on and black flies was so gnarly. Oh, like they started bringing guns and hookers into it, and they had this tube. You could look into the side oh, if you're yeah. if you're one of the boys, like I'm, you know. Someone's like, no, you can't come in. Probably a big black dude with a gun. Like, I'm pretty sure they rented hookers and strippers for some of those trade shows. Black flies did. You know they did. Yeah. You yeah. hooked up with two of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna cut that out. <laughs> I was at Mark One. I want a full <laughs> release. <laughs> I'm, gonna my, I'm gonna have my attorney call you. <laughs> Yeah, full release. They signed the release. Yeah, they signed the release. We're good. Did you? But where are we at? We're talking about like just. Welcome, Well, just wrap up. Welcome. You had a 
great 16, 15, 18, Let me help whatever. You. Yeah. So, so we were private, right? And it was cool. We were fucking on fire. We had Bruce, all the boys. We had a, t- a team, Sheckler, White, yeah, Irons. Like, it was on fucking fire. And that's Wooly and Troy. Like, they put the perfect team together. My job was, like, distribution to make sure, you know, we didn't sell out, right? I didn't... Not too quickly. I didn't sell Tillys for 12 years. Don't hate me. I didn't sell Tillys. I wanted to bring that up too, but. I didn't sell Tillys for 12 years, and that goes back. It's different now with a brand. Like back then, like you could hold out because e com wasn't like heavy. There was no e com. There wasn't. So you wanted to protect your brand back then. So, like, I remember Tilly, and I've known her forever, going back to Quick, besides ProLite. Tom Hobrick said, your first account is Tilly's. And Tilly <laughs> had one store. It was in Swap Me. And they didn't, they were in a favorable account back then. Sorry, McKnight. Anyway, so they gave me Tilly. So me and Tilly have been friends forever. Anyway, had to shut her down at Volcom because it's like, oh, this is our, yeah. our deal. Like, I can't, I can't do it. I'm going to protect the brand. And here's one for everyone. Every decision you make, you should ask, is this the best thing for the brand? Yep. That's the number one thing you should walk away with. Amen. Yeah. Wow. And that'll yeah. always answer your In- question like, fuck, should I open the sky? Or like, well, should we do this? Like, is that the best thing in the brand? Because the brand is the most important thing you have. But if you don't have any options and, you know, bad management leads to bad decisions, you know, and that goes to like where you have helped guide the ship over the years, but there's lots of brands that make that wrong decision because they see the, the, the money and they see the, the, the easy... They should start with the managers telling the reps. Yeah. If you have to come to me with an, a question, did you ask yourself, is that the best thing for the brand? Yeah, for you sure. You open a fucking gas station? <laughs> <laughs> as long as nobody sees it. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is that on any reservation? Where's it at? Yeah, it's a guy. But um, yeah, there's a, you know, there's a lot of good decisions made and not made. And Tilly's twelve years hold out is pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's impressive. Well, you could back in the day. Yeah. Well, that was that was Volcom. Like you could. That was a, that's one of Volcom's strengths. Like just hold out on distribution. Hold out. Hold out. Build the brand, get it like fucking frothing, right? Yeah. Hold down distribution, like, yeah, yeah, go public. Yeah. So, after that, you did, after Vulcan, you did, practice a little consulting, a little depactus, little little bounce around, little little. I'm gonna Matt, retire. Matt, help me over here. Let's, Jared Lane. You guys want, hey, by the way, I'm gonna tell you. I know a lot of people. Jared Lane's one of the most solid, trustworthy guys I know. He's a good boy. Thanks, Tom. And, he, and, he, and, he's, and he's hooked at the hip with a pirate. So yeah. it's kind of a yin-yang thing. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> a match uh, made in heaven. Um, so, so oh, that's a good one. So you, so you quit. You quit. Volcom. Took a little break, and then and then Pledge went to uh, and then went to Depactus, right? Did you launch to practice with Bruce and, and Luke? with Bruce and and uh, and um, Luke? Luke, okay. Luke's card. Yeah. 
<clears throat> and the premise was kind of right, right? Uh, yes. Yes. The premise, the people behind it. You know, I, what I liked about it was like, it was like, ooh, kind of Patagonia, but surf. You know, the whole thing was right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was, I was freaked, it, it, I, if, uh, freaked out a little without bit. Without saying it was mismanaged, but it was fucking mismanaged. Yeah. Yeah. It could have been something, but... It could have been yeah. something. But... And, and, and Saltiku could have, like, rolled right in. It could have helped both of us. Yeah. Because they're like, well, you look at Patagonia, it could have been a spot here and a spot there, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I thought I thought the Depax brand was super rad. And I was like, was oh, man, rad. these guys got money and legit people. Like, I just freaking yeah. no idea what we're doing. And product was cool and squigs is freaking man squigs is the man by the way squigs what up yeah so which one's squigs lawrence quigley lawrence quigley squig dude i know big old beard yeah okay he's a man he's a man i'm sorry yes he's a man ripping surfer like og in the fishing industry so goofy foot yeah great designer so he was the designer of the practice okay he also owns Fishworks. Yeah. Yep. Rad awesome. fishing industry clothing brand. The Roots. OG. Super Roots. So after Depactus, which brings us to the present of Salty Crew. Yeah. Who came up with Salty Crew, Jared? Well, you said Jared? it was your boat or your just crew? Like, that was the name. Uh, we, like, me and my brother, like, played around with the name Salty, like, f- just kind of for fun. And yeah. uh, he was making a bunch of stuff out of wood, like, alayas and hand planes and different things. And then we, I, I was on the road, actually, as a sales rep working for Reef. And uh, I little, sold some of his. A little that we didn't talk about, but. Yeah. Yeah, and you did uh, Orange County or San Diego. Well, like back, up, like I, like during like my Grom era, like surfing, I just thought like rep job, like that's the coolest thing ever. Yeah, like I want to be a sales rep in the surf industry. Like that was my goal. Yeah, you know. So that's what I thought too. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Ruka. Yeah, and uh, so I, I got my first like shot with at Reef. Um, in San Diego. So Were you sub-repping or did you take over the position? I got the job. Fuck. I got the job. It was me and Mike Lawsonis. He got Orange County and I got San Diego like right wow. at the same time. Because, I mean, you know, Reef is a, a powerhouse. It was synonymous to just sandals. Like, if people said, hey, I need to get some sandals, they didn't say sandals, I need to get new reefs. Yeah. Yep. You know, that's what people... Yep. Know. Yeah, they felt a, a void within that like open footwear market you know like yeah. and yeah. i mean the hot chicks and the butts and all of that helped for sure <laughs> but they had they had great design great product and they hit all the price points and yeah they supported the industry not so much in you know california or america but they they had tons of events in south america like they they put a lot into the, the industry worldwide oh, so, absolutely so how did you get that job who, who did you have to interview with uh Courtney Kincaid, who is Excel now, right? Yeah. Okay, he was O'Neill. He was a Claremont Surf Shop guy. Oh. So he went from... Milo put through my name in the hat, and I think I was 21, 21, when I first started interviewing. Working at... Uh, I sub-rep for 
Brady Mitchell at Spy for okay. a while. So you and had some experience. And I worked at my dad's shop, and then uh, <clears throat> yeah, and then that popped up, and I just like threw my name in the hat, and then uh, it was funny. So I. Milo tells me like you better put like a really good resume together, you know, and like maybe even put a business plan together. I'm like, okay. So yeah. I like built this deck that was just like 24 pages wow. of just like you know, and I took like brand like re- 18 of them are me surfing in photos. I ripped so <laughs> no, no, none of that. Like I'm just I, kidding. I, I I like pulled like assets from Reef's website and I like put this whole thing together and. Um, did, did you did you get help doing that or you just kind of no I did I always played around with like stuff on the computer just like cool. to help my dad shop out and like whatever and and uh, so I just like kind of put it all together and I put this whole thing yeah and I like gave it to Courtney and uh, so wait did 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 you know what the territory was doing and all that like no none of it okay I was just Got, like, get my phone in the door frothing, just, yeah. like give me a shot give me in front of you like I just I want this so yeah. bad San Diego brand too like yeah like San Diego for me like and you already you, you already kind of know what kind of business you could be doing right and what kind no of money, no I had no freaking well you clue. worked for Brady Mitchell right yeah, yeah but I had no clue I just ran around and count sun counted sunglasses and sunglasses you didn't cases. see like, like yeah you didn't see like seasonal booking reports Nothing. and like you know what accounts did or no yeah you just like no count fill guy clean the case that was like a passion like for me like I was just like what legit brand San Diego yeah. brand like I'll do anything to get this job like yeah. I wanted it bad you yeah Reef is a big brand too yeah especially back then too and that transition of like rep for, you know, force in like such a key territory. Yeah. Like I was, didn't think I'd get the job or whatever, but I yeah. did the best I could. To How many interviews was it? Just one? Or three. Three interviews. Yeah. Yeah. I bet there was a. I mean, nerve wracking. Ton, ton right? of people going for it because you know there's a lot of washed up retired pro surfers that are looking for a gig. <laughs> I don't know who they, those guys are, um, but. Yeah, you you had yeah. some experience. You're tooling around with you know the salty. Put together a good deck. Your uh, brother that was later. Like, yeah, this was you know like this was just like I wanted in the industry that bad you know so I just yeah it was funny that I put like a really pretty big deck together and then I interviewed with Courtney like three times and then um, uh, I don't remember I think that was yeah he made me wait for like months it was like two or three months they I think. took their time huh yeah and then. Um, yeah, he hit me up. He's like, you got the job. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, I was so That's a stoked. life change right there. For sure, yeah. And then then it was like dive into like numbers and spreadsheets. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, gosh, I don't even have Excel on my yeah. computer. Like, all I have is like Photoshop or Illustrator. <laughs> you know, so I bet your dad or your dad, Milo, was like fucking super psyched because yeah. you're obviously you're still dating his daughter. You're, were you probably oh. married then? Uh, we had just got married. Just got married. Yeah. So he's like, like a couple months. Man, this kid better turn into something. <laughs> yeah, totally. You'll be cleaning a lot of wax totally. off the board here in the youth board section. <laughs> yeah, no. You can't have too many general managers here. At no, hand. it was hard because I had to leave my parents' like shop, you know, and I so I did the sub rep thing, but I always like kept working at yeah. the family store, you know. So it was kind of like that decision, like cut that off, and like and and there was no question for me, like I really wanted to be in the surf industry yeah. bad. So yeah. that was, like, you had to shot, exclusively you know? do reef. Right? Or did you have other yeah. plans? No, I did. Yeah. I ended up sneaking in like JS surfboards at some point. Like some they were doing the typical, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> typical rap stuff. <laughs> yeah. This is non conflicting, man. 
This is yeah, only going to help me get in the other I'm stores. In, I'm independent. This is only legitimizing your brand, bro. Oh, it's going to help both. I'm going to be in the store twice as much. So, so, <laughs> so, one day your your brother you said was yeah. making stuff out of wood, playing around with the name Salty Crew. Just salty. <clears throat> Just salty. Salty and wooden things. Say it again. Salty wooden things. He was salty. making was like all this planes. cool stuff out of wood. Like it was yeah. hand planes, and then he, I mean, he made wow. like cutting boards. Like I mean, we, I kind of did it with him too. Like yeah. super fun. We do like wood burning. So, so what did the? What was the idea of like? Was it always in apparel or just? Let's... No, no. It was just like the word. Yeah. You know, and like I got a, I got a really cool classic boat named it like Salty, and you know, and. Just like the word, whatever. And, and you guys have always been. In some way, we were kind of salty right? on the. Yeah, we were kind of salty on the way the industry was looking at that time too. You know, like there was it was a weird. Those were weird times, you know. Yeah. And uh, so, but yeah, and then obviously just growing up around the, you know, we Did surfing you? was always a priority. But when the surf's flat, we fish, and then or we dove, and when the wind picked up, got that from my dad. We'd sail catamarans, you know, and so that was. That was the lifestyle, you know? And so I, I actually thought it was pretty interesting. My dad's group of friends, like, I remember going over to like Mike Eaton's shop. Like it's pretty close to my dad's store down, or was down in San Diego. And like, I remember going over there one time and it was like Woody Brown, Carl Ekstrom, Val Z. Wow. Like, I forget, the list was pretty big. They were doing a surfer's journal thing for uh, Woody was riding a kook box out at Winnensee or something. And I remember my dad like closed his shop to run over there to like, cause Mike's like, Hey, all the boys are here. And, uh, you know, and so, but that area was like, these guys, my dad built boats with Mike Eaton, like out of catamaran holes and they were power boats and we'd fish on them yeah. growing up. And, you know, so just the, like the, the element of like craftsmanship and building yeah. boards, like Mike, like for our 15th birthday, both me and my brother, like my dad bought us a blank. And then Mike taught us how to shape a surfboard, you know? Wow. And so it was just like the crap, like always loved that element of like the surf world and that, but that was an era that was like kind of different from like what I was growing up in with the Volcom Billabong Quicksilver yeah. and contests and the whole scene. And then there was like the old school stuff, like basically the endless summer one generation, yeah. Yeah. you know, where it was like, you see that all yeah. in that movie, you know. So, I, and that's my dad. So he's in that era, and contests are not cool to him, you yeah. know. And, and they're not going to wear old guys' rule shirts and yeah. whatever, you know. Like you, you know, like that—that's the you know that group. But yeah. there's a cheesy aspect of milking. You Tell know, about your bachelor party. That oh my god, <laughs> we're not there yet. What a great uh, okay. like Sorry. way but, to culminate uh, an idea, an idea, an image of of what. A brand could be well so we looked i mean that really like it there was no brand like this it was more just like a passion like we yeah. weren't like thinking yeah let's like make a clothing company and you know go. so what so how did that happen like it came later but like the really i think like the concept was there you know even to the point where like we made some hats and then um you know talking with hayden and seeing what i'd now like been injected into the surf industry and saw like what it become yeah. and i'm a yeah. rep and i'm working for a company a big company and the decisions they got to make and all this stuff and like our passion is retail and surfing and the culture around the ocean and all that stuff and, and so you it's like wait there you know and then a lot was changing too you know so obviously timing in the marketplace was like just there was new brands like needed and yeah you know so 
Um, but you know, that whole process, we ended up like making Hayden made the video, but where it spawned from was he loves writing and, um, he plays some music and he had written this like little dialogue and, uh, and then he recorded himself like talking to it with some like noise in the background. And it was a little bit of him playing the guitar um, and then some, you know, some cool sounds and he texted it to me and it was like, kind of like a motto, like this mission statement really is what like spawned Salty Crew for sure. And oh, I was on the road. Um, we're talking around. to the wrong guy, man. We need to talk to Hayden. Hey, yeah, I know. We could probably get him in here for sure. <laughs> no. But I remember it, like driving around and he like sent me this little blurb and uh, I, I had it like played it on my speakers in my car and it was, you know, uh, it ended up being like our first little brand movie piece, but there was no brand around it. We had made some hats, but it was that that narrative and and like that lifestyle supported by like what we had seen and like and our inspiration from like the roots of like we're surfing culture and where it came from yeah. and how utilitarian it was. Like if they needed a surfboard, like or they saw waves, so they made surfboards, and then. You know board shorts like i love that part of it it was like oh well, we're gonna make some board shorts and then like o'neill with wetsuits like jack o'neill is making rubber so and now you know why i fell in love with jared yeah <laughs> south crew yeah. yeah right here so it's a real fucking deal it's awesome so when you finally said you and your brother decided to make a brand no that never actually happened so i heard <laughs> this story's good yeah, like, yeah so i i only because it was like just so not forced there isn't that element of it wasn't a you didn't have a no a, business plan. A business yeah. plan you're like look we're gonna knock off well, i think that's brand. where milo came in go yeah. milo recognized you know not well, and actually where milo recognized it was that little video recording that hayden sent to me i listened to it in the car i got chicken skin so you didn't confide it yeah. around going to the surf shops going, you guys like, got a brand you know what let's yeah. freaking do this i sent it to milo and he was just like full chicken skin and was like yeah it's the it's the first little brand piece we made it's on our youtube like, so you didn't you knew milo's history obviously you're in the family yeah, but like you didn't confide like hey we got this idea we want to make a big not really he was kind of like validated no. what what your idea he was called, yeah totally 100 milo the yeah. entrepreneur yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, we got something. Yeah. How much much seating money? How much part? I'll take 99. No, I remember the call too. He was like, let's not get into that. (laughs) I just, do you want to do this? Like, it was a He's been there, done that. He knows. Did he call you or you call him? (laughs) No, well, we obviously had talked about it, like family dinners or whatever. Like, and he, like, goes, hey, do you want to do this? And I was like, yeah, of course I want to do this. Like, cool. Sounds rad. Let's make some shirts and hats. Like, I didn't know what I was getting into at all, but. At um, one point, I, we'd love to get Milo on the show and talk about his story too. But yeah, because you know, you have a a wealth of knowledge in in Milo. You know, not retail. I mean, you stop there. You can stop there with his retail experience. But then, then we start with when CJ come in. Yeah, <laughs> just helping out. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, holy shit, Milo has seen and done things that we yeah. all... And I think the, the thing I liked the most, or at least what I learned from that whole era was that, and that's like his family, like they work really hard for this. So a lot of the things we did the hard way, work ethic. at yeah. a lot of points you're like sitting there like, 
path. There's a better way to do this for yeah. sure, you know. And, but it was like if you just roll up the sleeves, like we we're in the warehouse doing like pulling the stuff, do it. And I think just I don't know, it creates that passion and like <laughs> it creates that passion and like to commitment to like yeah. what you're doing that like you know like you have the support of the people around you and it, it's it's just it was diff it was so different yeah. especially for the day and age mm -hmm. we're in. And I, and I think those are all key elements to like what really drove the yeah. success of the brand. Well, I think it's, so well, I, you know, for me, it was like, you know, the passion of, you know, Milo could have been like a setback guy or whatever. He was like, Dude, so grassroots, so yeah. blue car. Like, okay, we made our first racks. We actually bought them from Ruka. <laughs> our first racks and we redid them all, them all <laughs> repainted them and we like hand delivered them out I had to go to Milo's place and pull them out of the fucking garage or wherever I, I think I got hantavirus so but, <laughs> but we I was like I remember it was like Christmas year our first racks Casey who uh, we owe a lot to like we were rolling our first racks and, and we found that Ruka, like, oh, we don't want those racks anymore. Like, so we took those, repainted and redid them. That's our first rack rollout. We're talking and Casey Curtis. Curse Casey yeah. Curtis, who's the man? Casey. The fucking man. Yeah, the man. He, he's on the show soon, right, Case? Yeah. Yeah, get him. He's but it goes so back to, like, Milo was just like, you know, he's frugal, but he he was doing the right thing. It was like, it was so, like let's, he knew. Um, but that's also, like, you and Milo's, like, that old school authenticity from the guys who are around in that generation, like when the surf industry really started to take the stuff that really influenced me, why I was like so attached and hooked and passionate about yeah. it. Like it came from that generation. Well, well knowledge is knowledge is king and experience is wisdom all kind of tied into one. And the, the philosophy is still the same, you know, grassroots, you Hard know, see, Seed, you know, yeah, seed, seed, you know, doing the seeding and not spending all the money, staying frugal, and you know, yeah, like I think having it's the passion same today. It is, and it that's is. what I, and that's what I'm getting. It's changed. That doesn't really. I think the, the from 30 years ago till today, if and especially in our industry, because there's still really like options, 350 but, really good surf accounts. Like you really want to be, and that's super small. Yeah. Dude. like a brand can't really live off that, but. You gotta nurture those three fifty. You gotta fucking pay your dues. Get in there, like prove yourself through all that stuff. Yeah. And we went through it. Yeah. We went through it. It's like you know, and and never quit pushing. Yeah. I mean, we have accounts today. Like we're so stoked. Oh, you're in the top ten. I'm like you. So and who? So going back, you you start the brand. You start with the basics, right? Hats, t-shirts, fleece. Who is your first uh, account? My, who you uh, like? Mitch's surf shop. Nice. Not Hanger. I was just saying, my little Hanger. Uh, of I'm sure Hanger was It all happened outside. at the same time because, like, actually, no, you're right. The Both the family shops had product. Like, we, I just put it in, like, Hanger had a little, like, half wall section, and then my parents' shop had, like, a nesting table. And then, uh, Matus at Mitch's was like, wait, what are you doing? Because I quit my job at Reef. And then he is like, what do you, I heard you like got something going on and your <clears throat> family's got like some product in the stores. Like you better get it over here. And That's I was cool. like, no, oh, we're totally not ready for that. Like, I don't even know how to like invoice but It's you. totally, it's like, you know, when a new brand, totally grassroots, exactly how you should start a brand, yeah, right? Absolutely. I'm not sure you can even do that today. We're just so lucky. It just happened. Totally. But today it's like, I still think there's that opportunity today. 
well, for a young there, brand. Like, well, there's a void in the shops that, that are needing, you know, just you know, a, a new a newness coming in, and there's always that again. For timing, sure, that for cycle sure. Is, but, but but the realtor of realtors, the the retailers want they expect as much from you as a young brand as they do. Oh, those yeah. guys. That, like, oh, can yeah. I return? Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so the young brands are kind of like, you're lucky you get it, kind of. Right. Can right. play that role? But yeah. they need young brands. Like, what's yeah. going to happen? Matouche maybe roll a rolling rack in with five t-shirts hanging on it. <laughs> <laughs> they you need to go show five. me the line. Make it look good. No, seriously, it was really funny. Yeah. Like I used usually roll like five bags of like reef sandals in there and a rolling rack of the apparel. He's yeah. <laughs> all roll a rack in. So good. And uh, yeah, it was. I, I have the photo. If you look back on our Instagram, it's actually like still there, like that's from so, that day. I awesome. showed Matus. I'm like first so, line showing. <laughs> at the beginning, it was you, awesome. your brother, and Milo, and then like. Things start taking off. Uh, you got your family helping out, whether it's your your parents or, you know. Yeah, yeah it was, it was I, all, yeah, it's a, it, my wife's family. Wife's family? Ki- all the kids, everyone. It's like, how, we were just going how, for it. Um, Driving when, around, at, like, selling the product and then going back and picking it up and dropping it off or driving it to UPS. And then yeah. what was really crazy about that was, like, um, I was the sales rep, for whatever, like just running around basically to San Diego. And then Casey Curtis, like, was in hangar a lot selling Milo stuff. And he he was like, I, I want in, you know. And so we're like, okay, Casey, you can you can be the, the sales rep. And uh, so obviously, was your, I was, your first he was sales our rep. First and that's a good rep, point. Yeah. So Milo was like, everyone has to be super salty involved, right? So it was Casey. Willie, Willie was our yeah. next sales rep. Yeah, Willie Morris. And, now, who uh, did who who made that connection? You or so we we had sent Willie a box, um, like prior to or like our first round of product. We just kind of was shipping it out, and it was still yeah. kind of like it was right around the same time I was went and saw some accounts, and they said they actually wanted to buy it, so they put like five tees and five hats on somewhere in the shop, you know, and. Uh, and so Willie got the box and then he called Milo and was like, Hey, I want in, like, I want in on this thing. And, uh, so, um, that must've been felt really good knowing yeah. that guys the that, guy this that are experienced and, and he, was just getting getting off, he was just getting off the boat. Well, he, well, but, but so the Quicksilver thing, that era ended for Willie and then he went into, he went and worked on a commercial fishing boat doing <coughs> the lift pole albacore thing up in the Pacific Northwest. Um, this boat called the Pikey, and it's That's like rough. as Willie would describe it, he was like it was the best and worst like Fuck. months of my life, you know. So and he was the cook and the chummer, which is like one like the like no 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 worst like job the chummer, or the best job. No, the chummer is the guy who keeps the fish at the boat, and then you know then the cook like Willie's a good cook, you know. Yeah. So it was it was pretty cool, and the guy he worked with JJ is like a legend in the fishing world, and. So he gets back and the salty box was on the doorstep and then him and Milo were talking and so Casey had come on and then Casey and Willie were close and then Willie kind of all that connected and I remember it was like a couple weeks later and uh, Willie was like, hey, like you got to drive up here tonight, like there's fish biting and the surf's going to be good at the ranch, we'll take my boat and like say so like, I'm like, I can't, like I got to ship boxes out of the... I got to ship boxes out of the treehouse, and he's like, "No, nah, screw it. Yeah, get up here." And like, 
my first like time really getting the hang with Willie was like got on his boat with like him and another buddy and like we went up to the ranch we surfed and he like showed me the whole zone we caught a bunch of fish and Sick. got to hear all the like Willie stories and That's like awesome. I knew who he was I didn't really know him and such then, a good dude but like Wasn't from that day Real like, deal. from that day like gosh I'll get like choked up talking about Willie but like I talk to him every single day and he's yeah. one of my favorite people on the planet yeah like nicest raddest most core guy and and i love the thing i loved about willie most was like he could he's he's done he's just was so core on every level like he'll call you out so gnarly but then give you the biggest bear hug on the other side you know and, yeah. and i loved it like just always like oh come on what do you do you know like you're yeah. you know and uh so yeah like that was pretty amazing to that early for the brand to have like somebody like Willie and Casey like Dude, for sure flying yeah. that flag with the core accounts. I mean, that's two dudes are the most reputable guys on the on the West Coast in the yeah. world. You know, like they're guys that made their their own names for themselves that are helping. Well, you I mean, it's hiring reps to kind of set the course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they brought me in. And then you got the fucking head pirate. And you had to deal with those so, guys. So <laughs> when, 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 did I, when did CJ come into play? 14? Just 14? after, like, uh, yeah, it was 14. It was just right after, like, I mean, all that happened pretty quick. But just yeah. Casey, Willie, things are starting to grow. We had, like, our little brand vibe out. And then I had sent a box to CJ. Because both the Hopkins are, are on board, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so... I was goofy footer, like CJ and Damar my were like my favorite surfers like as a kid and like I'm like, Oh let's, CJ doesn't have an apparel sponsor, let's send him some stuff, see if he'll wear it. So wow. I got I got his I got his like info from like a friend that, that works worked for Reef over there who was good buddies with him and so he sent him a box and then I, I remember we were watching like the J Bay contest that year, whatever year it was. I think it was like maybe fourteen or something. And CJ was like wearing one of the hats on like the post he interview, and we're like, oh, call CJ. like it's so rad. <laughs> that would be epic. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so then so I was like coming. So I was, when is that like beginning twenty fourteen? I think so. Yeah. And and so like I got a call from like a Florida number one day, and I'm like, oh, who's this? Like, hello? And he's like, hey, what's up, CJ? And I'm like. CJ who? Like, I didn't recognize yeah. him at first. And he's like, oh, it's CJ Abgett. And I was like, oh, dude, what's up? Yeah. Like, I love you. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. What, what? Well, it was funny because he's like, start rapping out. And he's like, pretty loose in a conversation. So he's just like, going full speed. And I'm like, well, CJ is calling me. This is pretty rad. And uh, he's like, I watched this like video. And I got this box with this cool letter in it. And I'm like, tripping out. And then like. He goes, I feel like the industry needs this. He goes, but like, hey, I want in. And I was like, yeah, I want you in too. I have no idea what that looks like, but let's do this thing. He just got off the tour. No, he's still still on tour. tour. Yeah, and uh, so I'm like, I hit my love. I'm like, dude, CJ Hopkins just called me. Like, he wants in on this thing. Like, I don't know what it, like, I I want him in on this thing for sure. You know, I was like, okay, I'll figure it out. So Milo and CJ worked it out, and then CJ became a partner, and and like he was still on tour for a couple of years after that, and yeah. like it was a it was, a, you know, obviously a big influence, and yeah. and then a great fit too, you know. Well, and, good, you know, good positive ambassador. Uh, obviously, Rips, he's a world champ, but so like, just positive. like he's a, just the exposure of the brand is worth tenfold, you yeah. know. Of like I gotta get where, where he's at and what he's doing. So he's off the tour, just like you know, won the pipe, 
whatever. He said, I don't want to be a um, rep. Uh, here we no, go. You don't. Here we go. Another <laughs> pro wants to be a rep. So what are you saying? Why are you looking at me when you say that, bro? I didn't look at you because you're barely a pro. <laughs> oh, ah, he knows who you are. Yeah. I know you. Anyway, so I'm like, all right, like, fuck. What about the reps already in Florida? I, you got to clip them. Oh, God, I barely know them. I just showed up and they fucking... I said, well, CJ wants your spot. Ooh. What do you say? Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> so me and CJ jumping his Maserati. He's got this little thing. So we... We try and do all of Florida on a loop. I said, you want to be a rap? Okay, let's go. Let's go on the road. He, he got halfway through Florida. He's like, I'm not sure if this is. He would have been a great rap. He just, he just says, you know, rap is hard. Yeah. Yeah. People don't know it. Yeah. You're not giving up credit. He made a couple rounds. Through he did a couple rounds. <laughs> but it's. But he yeah. was also one of the raddest. I give him a ton of credit, dude, with. because oh, yeah, to, yeah. today just having CJ as part of the brand is insane. Yeah, you know, insane. I, and and people love him. I love him. We all love him. The guy, the guy's taught me a lot. Yeah. I mean, Florida is salty crew territory. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's a brand that. It's a fishing. It's a plug and play. State, it's warm, tropical. Up and down the sea, huge eastern seaboard. He's a freaking. <laughs> Yeah. Right? I mean, and Any, it, anywhere there's water, bro. Yeah. Yeah. No, but hey, I mean, you CJ, know, the funny thing about the brand now, it's like, it's not just like coastal. Yeah. Colorado, middle America. Yeah. It's like, it, it, we're stoked. The yeah. brand just resonates like outdoor. Yeah, it's like stand up surfing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to fucking oh, yeah. punch you in the face, you fuck. Are you changing your gender right I'm now? I'm kidding, what is going bro. On? <laughs> you walked right into that one, pirate. You set him up. <laughs> no, but seriously, you guys transcend. <laughs> that really put an exclamation mark on the brand when when CJ. You know, everything was going well. I mean, the, the brand message, the logo, the the selling, everything was great. But to have an ambassador, bro, yeah, part owner like that, is bro, huge. It wasn't CJ. It was the pirate, dude. I, I, I didn't say Tom it was all CJ. on board. All of a sudden, that It's a combination. Here's a, it's the called tentacles. chemistry. Here's the good thing about a brand. The good thing about a brand is like person. founder. I'll throw CJ in. Guy like me. It's like all the mechanics, right? Mm-hmm. The engine. You're a Corvette. You look yeah. really cute. If your motor's not running right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we put everything together, and 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 just you know we're blessed. We have this, and and we've hit it the right time, and yeah. we're stoked. Yeah, you know, and and then you know everything outdoors happening, and our brands like settled right into this lane. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're, which we're, is we're on fire at Huntington yeah. Service for it. There are boys, yeah. less marine. It's it's very different. Yeah, yeah. And you for guys me, have a, you guys have almost like a. It's an outdoor brand, you know? So it's it's not just a surf brand. It's not just a fishing brand. It's all of it. Well, I know? think that's where a lot of previous brands have made mistakes is being so narrow, you know? And a lot of and, new brands are trying to do and, that and, right and, now. And, like, over-surf, but with this. But it's hard. And and you you got to be authentic. You can't bounce around like a Hurley did for It's kind of cool. Years, you know? We're like, hey, skate from surf, so you got music, music, back, you know, like... 
We love to fish. Yeah. You have West Marine backing us. Like, it's really yeah. different. Yeah. And for me, like, doing so long, it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's, the limit is, whew, it's big. Yeah. So, I don't know if we need to cut this out, but <laughs> you guys decided to sell some ownership, right? 50%. 50? 50. To? Globe. 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 Yeah. And, and that was in 17. Now, with, did, yep. did they come after you, right? Uh, no. no. Well, it was kind of, uh, I guess it was kind of mutual. I mean, obviously, through the relationship that Hopkins have had with those guys for 20-something yeah. years. Mm. Like, we were at that point. And we were getting the point, like, we knew it's like, it's starting to explode. Like, in one year, you could see, like, if you took, took a graph, like, how much it grew, like, that much? Next year's going to be this much? Yeah, we were getting speed wobbles, and then it's like... Yeah. raise money and that's, or give yeah. up equity and do all these and, things and that's and, a bittersweet spot you know you're like oh my gosh we have well, so much earlier pick your partner so right? much opportunity but then you know if you don't have that cash flow which you mentioned well, your, options, a lot of, your options are like there's a lot of cash there's flow a few that options going like going. buy it yeah and all of us like ah, don't have enough money maybe yeah. i'll tell you one thing what we did so globe we ended up with globe right because they're did you and other buyers too, or was it just Globe? Yeah, uh, there were others. Yeah, yeah, we poked around just to make sure. <laughs> Due diligence. Well, I, it was also just—I mean, mm -hmm. we were getting speed wobbles and like just the growth in one year, and then being able to finance that growth moving into the next year. Yeah. As you see those pre-books coming, you're like, oh, so how many more. years were you into it when you started thinking about selling? Two, three. Well, <laughs> it wasn't what we were thinking about selling. It was just we Capital. we wanted we needed a good a partner. partner and it was the infrastructure, obviously the financial backing and experience. And then it was more just like it wasn't like we shopped it around and like it was more just we had met Matt Hill and Gary Valentine at Globe, and they had come down to our hole in the wall warehouse, but they went like, that's how a brand at this size should be run. Reminded them of the years they've done it with like thirty years of experience in our industry, yeah. and. Uh, and the relationship felt good, met them through the hob goods, and then it was just kind of like a negotiation from there of just like what makes sense. And it was perfect timing for us because I think the hardest part is just, just the infrastructure and being able to execute, like, yeah. Yeah. you know, with the growth coming, but then being able to stay focused on, you know, that outward facing side yeah. of like things that when you're busy in a warehouse, you're just like, that's the Yeah, last if, you, thing. if you get all you those orders make, and, you, and you can't, you know, like deliver, like you're yeah. not going to get many second chances if only one, if not any, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, so that was, I mean, the timing was good. The partnerships rad. I, I really love those guys in the whole globe operation there. It's been insane for yeah. us. And, and yeah, so far so the, good. It's like in our growth is, so and they, you were, they're keeping up with it, but you were at that point, pretty much USA based. Like you might've, Correct. Gun Canada or no, no, a couple dis distributors, yeah. nothing. Well, the no, cool thing about just, you know Globe, they have already their subsidiary set up in Europe. Yeah, yeah. Oz, Oz yeah. so we're in like thirty-five company countries. Yeah, right now. So, yeah. No, it all. Yeah, I mean, you guys got. And Matt Hill and GB are they're solid, dude. They get it. That's like, what I was gonna say. It's like I don't know too much about Globe and those guys, but. They seem to have done it right because they're still around and their businesses are 
they look like they're successful. They haven't really had the tumultuous uh, ups and downs like the brand. I think they just learned to deal with like you know the shoes were hot and this and that. They just know how to like they know how to like pull the levers. Yeah, they. I feel like they diversified to where you know if one area wasn't you know excelling like the others could support it. They had you know distribution. They had a lot of licensee opportunity for people that needed warehousing or, you know, a place to set up shop because every American brand wants to be in Australia and vice versa. But yeah. I feel like they've done a really good job of... It's pretty, you know... It's, it, I mean, it's like so commendable of how you guys started this brand, did it yourselves, right? And like got to a point where like, oh shit, like you like you're saying speed wobbles and then you, you got lucky and this partner came on yeah and you know when you when you take on a partner sometimes those don't work out and and you know shit goes sideways and all of a sudden what you worked so hard for goes away well i think that's actually the, the part i like about matt and gb like if they're gonna inject themselves into something with salty crew it's really just the question like almost like what you were saying a second ago like is that the best thing for the brand? Yeah. yeah. It's not like, it should be this, it should be that. Uh, it's just like, nope. you know, and they've been brand guys for yeah so long in their kind of industry. So, but, um, yeah, I mean, you got to... And I do think they think that way. But, yeah, you know, it's like when it comes down the to The question like, is how like, much money did you walk away with? Oh, <laughs> did you see my Lambo out there? No. <laughs> but, but it's... I ride my bike to work every day right there. That's my I electric see, bike. See. You know that island next to Tabarua? I own that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but, but it's, you know, finding those partners that have the same goals or business, man. like, longevity. Because there's brands that are just, like, this is a trend-driven, like, message or, or like, look. And we're just going to get rich quick and then, you know, dissolve it and then hop on the next bandwagon. Like, you guys have something that has, like generational like you know yeah. like gap and biz it, and it like can't, it can't, can't really go out of style no and if you have you know? partners and your outlook on the business is like look we don't need to get you know from this amount of dollars to this amount of dollars the next yeah. year let's just do it you know right and finding that right partner is is you know no, totally i mean that's I, that's the comforting spot for sure i obviously like you want to grow and you want to you know continue to build on what you've you've had and yeah. see it succeed but i love I, they they're very involved in like it's not like uh, we got to grow super quick kind of program it's yeah. just the right decisions for the brand because it's it's a long-term partnership we're in it yeah. wasn't set up for us to you know them to grow it real quick and hawk so, it off you yeah. know and that's not their track record and i mean you i could you could just feel it in conversations yeah. with them and and i like their out their outlook on brands in general and the, their their view and opinions of the world and the and the industry and it's yeah it's super cool I, honestly it was i've learned a ton from it and it was yeah. So, awesome so were you, when you're tripping, when you were guys making 17 trolleys in, in Australia, one 15, and they said that's the new trend, and you got to make more 15s? <laughs> Hasn't happened yet. <laughs> I think you're just actually, I think salty dogs, salty crew people are the same all over the world. <laughs> I don't know. Europe, we're the same Europe wanted some banana I'm hammocks. I'm going to punch you in the throat. <laughs> what do we got? 
Are we still on? What's going on? Yeah, we're killing it. I just took a fucking... How you doing? That was quick. Love it. You were just talking about the partnership and... 32. You know, how it... Dude, this guy is 32 years old. Yeah. Little Twice his age. Little whippersnapper. I You're, turned 60 this year. Damn. I might be those kind of industry. Dude, you don't look a day over 59 and a half. MT. Dude, you look <laughs> over me. I'm like, fuck. I thought I was all this guy. <laughs> fucking this guy's like wicked witch. He looks like a fucking old witch from yeah. the village. <laughs> this guy... This, this guy is like... Wine. <laughs> I was something up there. I was like, no. I was going to look over that. I was like, yeah, the witch is good. No, you guys are not old. You guys still rip, and you guys are... Dude, he's fucking 32. Hey, I'm not I'm old. Like I'm, old I'm not even old. old. Bro, you're not I didn't care. Yeah. Age is oh. nothing. I do But you know, how many, how many people do we know that it started a successful business and launched it and sold it and still has a controlling share you know what i mean yeah. and it's a, a fucking really great brand yeah you know? yeah we're stoked we're guys like us yeah. <laughs> so i mean you guys have your backbones in you know surf and fishing but you've kind of branched out into more like good old boy blue collar right hunters love it yeah i see a ton i mean not just recently but in the past i mean five years and again timing is everything with you guys hitting that kind of like fishing outdoor life but that new generation of kids like there's kids i see in huntington newport like all the time just riding down the beach with their board in the board rack and they have a pole you know yeah they're fishing from the jetties the bridges you know and yeah. I, I think that new generation, and, and that's how we kind of grew up. Like, my dad, and, you know, we went camped a lot. We went fished and hiked and, and like, yeah. freaking shotgun. You know, like, everything is about, like, getting outdoors. And I think just... The pendulum had to swing. Yeah. It just went so iPhone, just digital. And that, and that, that kind of like... And that's where the world's at, is technology is good, but if you, you know, sit behind the screen, you know, so much, but to get people outdoors. And the funny thing is the last 12 months, everyone's getting pushed outside. Outside? Like, yeah. yeah. We see kids, like they've got their cruisers, board number act. I don't know, we uh, don't live where you live. They're all on electric bikes. We're still, we're in Huntington. They all right, stupid, listen. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was actually the, the part about, or the but, most exciting thing I've seen is that like watching that there's, there were a bunch of kids at like different high schools contacting us going like hey we're start we're we're the surf club guys and we want to start a little fishing fishing club yeah you think you could send us some shirts and hats and stickers and i'm like heck yeah like that's super rad you know and so it's but that bridges you know like sometimes a volcom or you know whatever brand that you want to tackle that that youth you know because that's the the cool factor and as soon as it gets kind of aged out then your brand becomes like a quick "Ah, it's an old man's brand or whatever but like certain brands could still relevant. still carry and hold true to that that old salty guy that is in our dad's generation or you know Tom's Jay, generation, yeah. or it could be in that hey, cool like tell your mom I said oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah or it could be that cool guy that's you know looking no to start but let me tell you about it. you know I was at Vulcan pre- it was like focus on the sixteen eighteen punk rock yeah. right salty were like it's about a lifestyle like six to sixty you can. 
so embracing and yeah. so much more. It's like, yeah. and the and the the opportunity just opens up. It's like I I fish. You know, number one sport in America is fishing. Yeah, well, we're gonna be talking, that. Oh, erase that. We're, no, we're gonna be talking to Todd Klein hopefully this next week, and we're gonna get the ins and outs of the fishing side. We'll of- talk to him. <laughs> Bass Pro Shop. No, but, you know, it's like, you know, you think about a brand, like, you want to so be so niche. Like, Volcom yeah. is rad. They killed it, right? Yep. Whatever. Different times now. It's like, you know, it's like, you know, with Salty Crew, it's different. Six to 60. Grandpa wants to wear it. The kid wants to wear it. We don't give a fuck. Yeah. Everyone yeah. wear it. We're blue collar. We enjoy what we do. You should be a part of it. It's a family thing. Yeah. It's, <coughs> it, and it's all good. And I think it's a smart, like, lesson message to tell like any anybody that's like looking to start a brand it's like identify your brand message and who you're going to sell it to and then and then and embrace all of that don't try to go here and then flip-flop over here and then go over here because that trend's cool like you got to stay authentic and like kind of i feel like that's actually the number one thing that this brand organically has just done all the because there's a lot more people here than there was and it's the simple message like find refuge in the sea like what does that mean to you like girl guy grandpa grom like it's still gonna call your name in some way and like you know so and we as a brand like you make decisions based on like we want to find refuge in the sea so what is that like sick boardies or outerwear or polar plunge crew you guys don't sponsor yeah you know like seriously like we'll run that fire Is that all men or what's in there? <laughs> no clothes. Yeah, what you got to come to you. You're good with that, right? Swats okay. nothing. <laughs> I'll wear a hat. That's all I need. I get well, you're right, Jared. It's like, you know, we started, it wasn't like an exclusive club, right? I feel Finding like... refuge in the sea, fishing. It, it, yeah, it's funny. A lot of guys like, oh, you're a fishing brand. I'm like, yeah, well, no, we surf. We came from surf, yeah. which helps us. Our backbone is surf. Fish when there's no surf. If it's wind, we'll sail. That's and that's you know, the cool model is like the um, like the very uh, like the tack uh, tackle shops, West Marine. Like they love us because we're from surf. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Makes cool. It like you're you're cool fishermen, yeah. right? It's it's gonna step up the game of those brands that are. And we didn't really plan that. It's just no, organic. but you know what I mean. It's just who we are, right? And yeah. and me and Lyndon, he comes from you know outer known. I come from Ruka. You guys are, mm-hmm. and. We just want healthy, successful, you know, successful like retail, and we, you know, we're all in the same space or share, you know, some some different spaces. But you know, at the end of the day, we all wanted to be able to like live our lifestyle, which is surf, skate, snow, fish, outdoors, and and if the shops and it takes because not one brand could float no. in the industry. 100%. It takes it takes when I hear other brands like I know there's a couple big brands like. Yeah, going away. Yeah, they are. So we, we have to like go. Okay, twenty five percent of the floor space. I was doing math. Like, there's opportunity for you. Not as much for you. <laughs> Lots. <laughs> I'm gonna take that one. Lots. <laughs> you better go. I don't know. Get on board. Yeah. Fucking make a move. We're doing it. I don't want to yeah. do everything. Yeah. We're doing it. But again, it, you know, it just goes We're back to. It. I mean, we all came, you know, from retail. We all know. The market share and you need you need newness but you, you need 
the top five. You need multiple brands, brands generating shit for the retailers yeah. to do well. Like when it slows down, I've seen it. Yeah. Like all of a sudden nothing happens. But right now you need people selling, moving. Yep. And and it'll help your brand. Everybody. And to the young brands out there, and kick that, it up a level. Yeah. Like and, there, there is room for a young brand right now. You hear that? For guys? sure. Yeah. For sure. That's a Let me of life. need help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How much seating money do you need? We got deep pockets over here. Yeah. Fucking Jay Lars. He's rich as fuck. <laughs> uh, no, not really. In life? In love? In family? Uh, yeah, me for too. sure. Me too. Yeah, no. My dog loves me. <laughs> well, shit. I think we, we should wrap no, this up, dude. Not even it's close. Like two hours and no, 12 minutes. We, we got to talk about what they have on tap right now and what's for the future. Without Let's giving away a break. Yeah. So tell us, like, what's uh, some exciting things coming down for yeah, Salty Crew? Pipeline? Well, despite the team not being able to travel yeah. for a year, which was interesting, um, the boys like to go chase well and fish around. And you got some gnarly anywhere. dudes, right? Like yeah. Matt Miola. Mm -hmm. Who else? CJ, Le obviously. CJ, Damo, um, Levi Slauson. He's Kids really going Who writes for San Diego, right? Levi? Yeah, I think yeah. he did. Uh, yeah, I think he does. A little plug. And Dwayne Diego, yeah. who's a fucking gnarliest fisherman in San Diego. <laughs> he's just, yeah, he's awesome. He's just like, the way he fishes is pretty X factor, and it's fun, fast, full speed. So, he, yeah, and then, uh, but uh, what's cool about the movie is that we're also starting, we got a lot of ambassadors starting to kind of pop up in different regions. So obviously with not being able to travel, like we've been working with each of the guys in their areas, kind of um, crafting their home section. So we got a, a new movie coming out this year Sick. called Gone Home. And vibes are pretty rad. Um, Gone know, just, Home? Yeah, kind of like well, Gone calls Home you back is to, like, because no one can travel. So we have this European guys, these Aussie guys. Like they're, they're contributing to it, and it's fucking gnarly. That's awesome. Yeah, it's super cool. So you kind of, uh, the fun part about it is like you you can really score at home. You know the yeah swell direction, wind, timing, what you know, all that. And that's like on a fishing and surfing level, you yeah. know? So it was pretty cool to kind of like we we had actually shot some stuff that kind of fit that mold and then obviously just being around home a lot more this year kind of stacked some stuff for the local guys but then also started reaching out and working with those guys in their areas and like the boys scored yeah. even not being able to travel you know like that home out? special so um i think like may sick yeah we're still kind of like starting to kind of wrap it up we got a couple like Miola is over in Maui right now just doing like double backflip whirly birds. So crazy. And, uh, and the waves are pumping. Pumping. Um, yeah. So he's like, oh, when do you need all of it by? Yeah. So he's doing some radical stuff. Levi's actually over, you know, had been over in Hawaii for like the last couple of months. He's pretty young, but he wanted to like spend some time over there and he's been getting some sick ones at Pipe. Nice. Which is pretty cool. And then, uh, yeah, so that that we're looking forward to that. We'll button that thing up, which is kind of cool because obviously you're challenged with yeah everybody is content, on content. You know, it's like you know you go on location, you're usually getting you know 
the the scenic shots, the lifestyle shots, which is a more product you know focus, and then you obviously got you know killer action to go with it. At home, it's really tough to get that you know all that package. School for us, like in our in you know Southern California's backyard, we have this crazy big bluefin tuna fishing that's just yeah. like whoa like my lifetime like that i never, never thought we'd see yeah. a 400 pound bluefin tuna you know yeah. so we've had some we had some really cool days like filming with Dwayne, and and then he'd take the surf guys too and, and lucas dirksey yeah. um like those guys put on a clinic on some big bluefins cool stuff in there and then um yeah and then the surf too like there's been waves around here as been well. a lot of so, good waves. You know, so so you guys have been kind of dominating i'm sure you're pulling in a pretty penny when when's it when are you guys going to sponsor the tavi event oh sign me up <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of history just kidding no i'm just kidding it's just because the history of you know this guy gone 17 times and you know yeah Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it was the, it was the, you know, you had the. Um, Can we just do a sales meeting there? Hire me, <laughs> just for that week or two. <laughs> you got a friend? Bring a friend. A Bring a friend. Like a well, we t- yeah, Volcom took over the globe. Yeah. Thing, so. Might happen someday. I yeah, well, we're now that Volcom's leaving their uh, pipe house, so maybe uh, me and homie over here take over that. Fuck yeah! Yeah. Yeah. Yes, please. Did you hear that, GV? I like fishing in Hawaii. (laughs) Yeah. Well, shoot, man. This has been a fucking amazing conversation. Um, Tom Ruiz, who is a legend in in the surf, skate, snow industry. And in the Uh, after parties. He's he's the godfather of fucking the surf industry. I probably still owe you a hundred bucks for that one time. Oh, you do at the strip King joint, guy. but you know, after seven years, it's so like hundred fifty. <laughs> and dude, you just keep, uh, you know, winners just keep winning, bro. And and stoked to see you. Work hard, uh, work ethic, head down, keep st- charging. Stoked to see you mentoring uh, the new salty crew, and fuck. Jared, congratulations on building such a great business, you know? Yeah. Uh, It all starts with an idea and a passion and timing and, you know, a million other factors. Good people and good supporting cast. You got a a good crew and, and, you know. That's the best part. Well, I would say we're rooting for you guys, but you really don't need that anymore. <laughs> kind of killing it, so it can lay off our ends. Why don't you fucking Glass, slow down a little Glass, bit? Glass what are you trying to say? Some of his other. Uh, we're not slowing down, motherfuckers. No, no, <laughs> it's no, no. taking prisoners. Hey, you know, I see Casey on the road all the time. We're in all, you know, all of he us are in the it. same shops. We we love Casey and everything you guys are doing, and yeah. we just want again. We want healthy shops and industry and economy so we could all celebrate this lifestyle we have and go surf yeah we need people to bring the registers yeah and it's even better when we know the people that are authentic and cool yeah and do the right things and keeping it keeping it in surf you know or not you know not just surf but in our industry you know absolutely whatever so we can continue surf got us here surf got us here that's yeah. the bottom line. All of us are sitting right here. Yeah. Because Surf got us here. Yes, sir. Surf got us here. And that's why the, our show is Surf. You guys are the first uh, interview we've had in 2021. Really? Yeah. Fucking <laughs> 2021. 
kind of blowing it. It's been like five days, man. Yeah, you're always going somewhere. Bro. I know, I'm busy. But hey, thanks for your time, Jared Lane, yeah, boys. Yeah. Mr. Pirate, Big Chief, T-Gun, Tommy Gun, yeah. T-Gun, yeah. Tom Ruiz. This yeah. has been an honor and a privilege. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Peace. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.